0: What's up, Sifters? It's Game Face, episode 32, right here on Sifted Games. After a brief day's delay, we are here to talk about the biggest and the best in video games from the week. Tomorrow is the Game Awards, Matt, Mm -hmm. Jeff Keighley's big production. We're going to definitely talk about that in the show, get you guys hyped for that. Um, this is also Matt. The last week of big releases for the year.
1: Yeah, this just, is it. Just Cause Three and Xenoblade Chronicles are about it.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's. Uh, this is so. Yeah. We're gonna do just to let you guys know. We're gonna do obviously today's show. We're gonna do another show next Tuesday, and then we're probably gonna do a show just a couple days after that, which would be the Thursday, like next Thursday. So you're gonna get two episodes of Game Face next week but then that's it for the year and uh the second episode next week is going to be our game of the year episode so matt and i are going to be picking our winners Mm -hmm. in a number of different categories we got to look at that fantasy draft oh that's right oh that's right because that'll be it yeah Yeah. so we'll also unveil who won the uh fantasy video game league between myself and marcus beer see who ultimately takes home the crown of course next year will be matt and i going head to head you've had the benefit of watching us both (laughs) Succeed and fail at this for one year So it'll probably be a little better you know, And I A think... whole
1: new wave of games that never come out
0: Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> that really is what it's worked out to like... Yeah, a lot
1: of delays Yeah,
0: whoever probably had the most Games that actually came out this year Is who's going to win, but we will definitely check up On the score for that uh, In one of next week's episodes, probably the one on Thursday But then after that we'll be done For the year, um, and I think that What is the date for next Thursday? Uh, is that the 10th? The 10th or the 4th, what, do you know what the date is, Tony? Next Thursday, that'd be the 12th, maybe? The 12th is... Anyway, we'll figure it out. But, so obviously that's a little early. Most people kind of leave for the Christmas break around the 18th or the 19th. And that holds true for me as well. It's the 10th. Thursday the 10th. Yeah, so I'll be heading back to the East Coast on around the 18th or the 19th. So there'll be a week there where I can come in and do live streams and we'll hook up something for you guys. We'll definitely have some new content for you sifters during that period. But the last Game Face will be next Thursday for 2015. But it should be a good show. It should be a fun show. Definitely try to dig up some fun categories to try to pick some winners and It won't just all be, like, Game of the Year Best Graphics. Although there will be that stuff, too. So pretty excited for that. I'm excited to do a Game of the Year where it's not, like, a month and a half of hard work. Because at GT, like, literally, we'd have a meeting for, like, three hours... And then we'd, like, leave that meeting and come back and do another meeting for, like, half a day. And, I mean, you just really, it was so much work. And then we'd create a separate video for each award. And it was always, like, yeah. I would be leaving a fly home. And there's, like, five edits
1: to check in the edit. It was just a scramble always oh, yeah. to get and it X-play, done. We'd, have been, we'd already be cutting it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because we would be doing it, uh, we would have done it today. Yeah. We would have done it today or Friday because we would always piggyback on uh, the VGAs. Right, right. Because everybody was in town. Riding that marketing wave and all the people So they could come in in and do acceptance
0: speeches. Exactly. That was the key. So yeah, it'll be fun to just do kind of a a more laid back, uh, I wouldn't say lackadaisical, but a little more mellow version of the awards this year. But they'll be fun. So make sure you check us out. Both episodes we do next week. But for now, let's get to the Big Six Just Cause 3, Matt. We're going to talk about it. Why? Because we need to. Just Cause? Well, exactly. So... We're going to talk about the three mm-hmm. big releases. We left out earlier that Rainbow Six Siege also kind of came out this yeah. week. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But first we're going to talk about Just Cause 3. Matt, have you had a chance to play this game at all in any way, I shape, or form? I have
1: not. Uh, I saw so many reports of technical problems on every platform that I just sort of decided to hold off.
0: Yeah, I am playing on the PlayStation 4 like I end up playing pretty much 95% of the games I play. Uh, on a technical level... Um, it definitely has issues, like the loading on the PlayStation 4 is really slow. Uh, but one thing I will say about that is generally most games, if they have really bad loading at launch, it's usually fixed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you think back to Bloodborne, it has some pretty awful loading and they got that cut in half ultimately. And uh, the old Hunters, they had improved it even more. So that is one of those things that like, I'm not really going to hold against the game when I do the game eval too much. I'll mention mm-hmm. it obviously because you have to review what's on the disc. And you can't always assume they're going to fix something. Uh, but it, it's not, like, my biggest gripe. And there are some glitches, like, um, I'll say one thing. They did a good job with the promotional media for this game of, like, hiding a lot of the graphical flaws. <laughs> um, there's lots of weird glitches.
1: You said you saw one where you, where a deer was driving a car. Yeah, it was a deer kind of, like, the, somehow the deer model sort of, like, f- gotten jammed into the driver's seat. So it it wasn't perfect. The, the feet were kind of sticking out <laughs> of the windshield. But it did look like the deer was in the, in the driver's seat. I've well, also seen another one where... Uh, a deer was like standing on the hood staring at the driver and like even when the car flipped over the deer stayed on the like the deer was stuck to the hood like it wouldn't come off. (laughs) That's pretty funny. It was really mad at that driver.
0: Yeah I haven't seen too much crazy stuff like that I've seen like weird like animation where like a character's arm will just start like swinging around out of nowhere I saw one character go into like the mocap state where they do like the cross or whatever Mm. and that's pretty common in a lot of games that aren't particularly polished. But I've just seen like, weird like lighting glitches where the shadows like turn on and off and mm. textures flicker in and out. And
1: That's unusual for this generation so far. Yeah,
0: I was pretty surprised to see some of that stuff, to be honest with you. Again, because the promotional media for this game has been so polished and it looks so stunning. Mm. I was disappointed in the visuals in this game, actually, once I started playing mm. it on my actual TV after, a, you know, I'd seen it at trade shows a couple times and played it a little bit, but you know how those things are. It's yeah. like really hard to get an idea and there's always weird lights like flashing on the TV and So your impression and things like that is always maybe a little bit tainted by the environment that you're in. But yeah, firing it up on my TV in my living room, like it wasn't as good looking as I thought it was going to be. And I'm sure the PC version looks a lot better than the PS4 version. Uh, Frame rates, pretty good. It gets a little chuggy here and there. Uh, Not as bad as Fallout 4. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Not even close to Fallout 4, honestly. Uh, But it does get a little murky at times, like the gameplay. Um, The one thing I would say about Just Cause 3... Um, there's been t- lots of open world games that have come out this year you know, you've got Metal Gear Solid and re- more recently have Assassin's Creed Syndicate this is a, a different kind of open world game like, you know, both of those had like, a theme Phantom Pain, Stealth which mm. I, I honestly hardly ever <laughs> use like, I usually just killed everyone with my gun and then ran in and like, took over and then Assassin's Creed obviously it's, it's a little bit about Stealth but it's more about traversal and the environment and things mm-hmm. like that Just Cause 3 is a lot like Grand Theft Auto like there's a lot of vehicle play involved, there's obviously there's skydiving and it's got the grapple hook which kind of sets it apart from all the other ones and Destruction is kind of its, it's forte. But you know a lot of open world games haven't really played like Grand Theft Auto and this is one that does. And so I feel like for a lot of people this will be an open world game that they'll like if they didn't like the Phantom Pain and they didn't like Syndicate. This is more of your traditional like old school open world game where it's all about mayhem and things like that so the other thing i would say about this game is that it's not for everybody and i feel like people who like games like assassin's creed and and even phantom pain to an extent where the game kind of creates the fun for you this game mm. doesn't do that like this game is a lot more reliant upon you kind of messing around with the tools and so if you're not the type of player who buys Grand Theft Auto and spends the first ten hours just running people over and jumping off of ramps and pulling off crazy stunts, or if you're really just the kind of person who played Grand Theft Auto and then just stop when you finish the game and don't go back and like mess around in the world, then I think you're going to be pretty disappointed in Just Cause Three because that's really where a lot of the fun is derived from. This is its sandbox and just messing around with it and. As this game stays out there for a long time, you're going to see crazy videos, I guarantee you, of People pulling mm-hmm. off nutty stunts and just... And that's the one thing I would say about it, is that even more than Grand Theft Auto, the tools that they give you to do that type of stuff are a lot more fun. And a lot more flexible and a lot more
1: varied. Mm. Um, I've already had some friends who are in a uh, just a cutthroat competition to see who can stay on top of the... Uh... Leaderboard for most time in the wingsuit. Yeah, like I guess you, you. It's like there's a leaderboard for the longest flight in the wingsuit, and they're like taking helicopters up to the top of the skybox yeah. and like jumping out and like holding back and going out as slow as they can, and then using the grappling hook to like launch themselves up more. I get like it's it's like getting like into the like the in like an hour long flight yeah. thing now. So clearly, if if you want to make your own fun. The game is... This is probably the open world choice. Well, actually,
0: you should probably tell your friends. We curated a a brief guide to Sifted yesterday that teaches you how to perpetually glide. So maybe you should just tell one of your friends. Okay, with we'll the favorite it, friend. Then extort him for $20. And <laughs> <laughs> tell him to go bet his friend $50 on who can who can set mm. the, the record. So, yeah, there's a way that you can just perpetually glide. I haven't even tried that yet. I'm just trying to get through the game at this point. And it is a big, big game. Um, I'm probably... Ten or twelve hours in, and I don't really see any end in sight. At this so are you point. following
1: the story, or are you just doing side stuff, or like? Because I remember Just Cause too; like there were like five story missions. Yeah, and like the rest of it was just open world, run around, do the same thing a dozen times thing.
0: Well, one thing I would say is that I generally do fall into the group of people who play games like this, and when the campaign is over, like I quit and I don't hmm. really go back. And so, but I will say with this one, I have been more apt to just mess around. Mm. And, I mean, I've been playing it for 10 to 12 hours I'm, and mostly playing through the campaign, so, you know, and it's still going. Right. So, it's not short. I mean, even just playing through the campaign, I mean, with games like this, you could, if you're inclined, you could literally get, you know, people are still playing Grand Theft Auto Five. so, right. and just messing people around. People are still playing
1: Just Cause 2. Exactly, yeah. And, again, so when you have those tools, it's a lot more likely that you're going to get staying yeah. power out of the it. The main thing I was, the th- thing that, Stop me from playing just, just, just Cause Two longer than I did was that you'd go to blow up the you know everything was blow up the base blow yeah. up you know, blow everything. No, up it's the, base. the same thing. And there was yeah, but there was always one, one thing, like one transformer, one antenna that was missing. You know, that ninety like eight yeah. percent destruction thing, and you had no idea where to look, where to find it, where. To, and so I heard in this one, like it actually tells you. All the different things you need to destroy and like you can look at the map to see where it is if you're missing one thing yep, or it something. does, yeah. So, so that fixes my main complaint with Just Cause 2. So I'm excited to play it. I just like, I couldn't pull the $60 trigger on a game that was being so widely technologically slammed.
0: Yeah, and I mean another thing I would say is that, you know, I'm about 12 hours into the game at this point and it's starting to wear a little thin. Mm-hmm. Because it is, the mission objectives are nowhere near as varied as like a Grand Theft Auto game. Right. And the characters in the game are nowhere near as likable or well-written. The story itself isn't really all that interesting. You're just kind of this kooky guy who's known for being kooky, and you <laughs> need to go out and be kooky. Like, that's pretty much the
1: there's whole Rico. setup
0: for the game. Yeah, as Rico. I mean, if you've played the other games, you kind of get the gist of it. So, you know, in about 12 hours, it's starting to wane on me a little bit. Again, I'm not the guy who goes out and tries to do crazy stunts and, and things like that. I generally just kind of play through these games and uh you know i've seen read a couple reports that the game is about 30 hours long or something like that and so at the point i'm at in the game already where it's starting to wear thin like those last 10 hours could really kind of turn out to be a grind Mm. um but again i think you know there's certain people who buy these games they don't even really care about the campaign they're like how many vehicles are there and you know how flexible in in this game's case are is the grapple hook and i mean it is completely flexible like the grapple hook you can use at any time anywhere, as long as there's something to attach it to. And that's where the fun in the game comes in. It's like Can you
1: still do the, uh, I've fallen for 4,000 feet, but as long
0: as I grapple to the ground? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Safe. I mean there's stuff like that. And like the parachute, <laughs> like you can open it and close it at any time, so mm. you can basically free fall from a plane, and when you're 40 feet from the ground, just tap the chute, and you'll keep from dying, you'll, your fall will be broken. But I think that's good. Like yeah. again, it's like, I don't they don't put on the writs, so to speak, with this game and try to say it's anything but what it is, which I kind of admire. You know, all the promotional media was right on target. It showed stuff blowing up, and that's really what this game is about, blowing crap up. Like, blowing crap up and clearing out outposts. That's pretty huh. much what it all comes down to. Ooh. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, as far as, like, the gameplay is concerned, like, the aiming's kind of janky. Like, there's no aim down sights or anything like that, and the auto-aim's, like, crazy generous. Like, mm-hmm. Like, you go to aim, and, like, you could have your reticle, like, 20 feet away from a guy, and it, like, snaps right on him. I mean, and again, that's a lot like Grand Theft Auto. Like, it's not really about being precise with your shooting and things like that. It's more like a means to an end, so to speak. Yeah, I mean,
1: it seems pretty, like, a pretty solid follow-up to the last one. Yeah. Where, like, you know, that one wasn't very, you know, you could take a lot of hits in that one. I mean, you could, he could... You could probably go, like, you know, one man against an entire army base and, like, maybe you might get half your life taken off. Oh, it's hard
0: to die in this game. Yeah. But they'd have to make it that way because of all
1: the crazy stuff that you can do. If you were
0: dying, like, every time something blew up next to you, like, yeah. you just saw right there. Like, that car blew up right next to
1: him and he was like, ah, mm-hmm. tis a mere flesh wound. So... Like, I remember uh, Red Faction Gorilla. I remember, like, people used to play that on easy. And even the developers were like, yeah, we made it too hard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because the game was, like, so encouraged, like, this physics in that game yeah. encouraged so much, like, experimentation. Yeah. But the game, like, normal on that game was, like, too hard to survive in to do anything cool. So right. like, even the developers were like, just play it on easy. We fucked it up. Yeah. Like,
0: was, like, just... <laughs> well, the problem is when you're making games like this is that the people that are testing them are so good at them. Right. It's really hard to, like, unless you have the budget
1: and you're constantly bringing in focus testers to play it, Who are going to be like, dude, this is way yeah. too much. There's a, There's a Christmas story about that idea that I've always wondered that was in uh, a book long ago written by J.C. Hertz called Joystick Nation. And she uh, tells a story of like, it was some it was a g- Sega game. They, they don't name the game, she doesn't name the game, but she a Sega game, and it was delayed and delayed, and it went through testing so often and so regularly, the testers kept getting so good at it, they kept saying, uh, make it harder, make it harder, make right. it harder. And so they kept making it harder. But the game was like, like, a, like a, a for kids, it was supposed to be like a younger, <laughs> eighth. and Christmas, it came out right in time for Christmas, and Christmas morning, like, children were crying and, like, like <laughs> couldn't get past level one. Mommy. And, stuff. And like, it, it was returned in, like, record numbers because parents, like, said it was the kids were just, like, angry at it and couldn't complete even, like, a one level. And I've always wondered what game that was. Huh. My, I've not heard that story. My theory was that it was Mickey Mania. Because <laughs> yeah. that was really hard. But I don't know who, what it was. But I've always wondered which game that actually was.
0: This game is not like that.
1: No, it doesn't sound like <laughs>
0: it's, it. It's not... You don't see games like that you know, very often. No, really not anymore. anymore. I mean, except that not with, unless that's their gimmick, like with Souls and Bloodborne right. and stuff like that, where that's kind of its thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, this game is really easy. Like you have to try to die pretty much in this game, which again I think is the right call. I think if you're going to give people these tools to fiddle around with, they could kill you if you do one stupid thing wrong. Then this is that's probably the way you need to set up your health system. But you know the melee in the game is pretty janky and broken oh, yeah. and.
1: I mean, I don't think, you know, if you have experience with this series, I don't think any of that stuff's surprising. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really do, I really could use some just mindless explosions right now. That's what it is. But. But here's, it. so here's the thing, like, I've been looking at a lot of the reviews
0: for it, and like, the reviews, I feel like, I've been giving it a pass on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple of reviews have taken it to task and said, oh, I'm doing the same thing over and over, and it, and it wore on me or whatever, but some of the scores have been really high for this. And, uh, like, I, I just finished up our game eval for Black Ops 3, and I was looking at some of, like, the graphics scores for this game, and, uh, and I was looking at Black Ops 3, and Black Ops 3 just blows it out of the water. Like, it's not, they're not even the same class graphically. And, uh, like, a lot of people really thought the graphics in this game were great, so... One thing I guess I would say is, if you wait as you wait for our game eval to come out for this game, maybe take some of the other reviews with a grain of salt. I don't think anyone is kind of zeroed in on this game as, like, this is one of the games I'm buying for the holidays. Like, I don't think it's one of those things where people are, like, itching to go out and buy it. Like, they're mm. probably still getting through Fallout 4, or they're still playing Battlefront, or maybe even Black Ops 3 or whatever. So they probably still have other stuff they're playing, and then maybe they're looking at this as, like, the supplemental game that they get for the holidays or whatever. Yeah. So I just want to wait and see what the patches do for it first. Yeah. The other thing I would say about getting this game for the PC, which I would recommend, is that the mods for this game are likely going to be insane. Like, already what they've given you. Like, just being able to set up scenarios in a mod with what they give you is great. But imagine once people really start digging in and, like, Mm -hmm. recoding stuff. And, I mean, you look at what they did with Grand Theft Auto V or what they're still doing with Grand Theft Auto V, and I think about the possibilities of Just Cause 3, and I think it could be, like, incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, they keep turning out those, like, crazy videos for Fallout 4 where it's like... (laughs) The 30,000 death clauses. Yeah, yeah. That was one that came out, like, yesterday. It's so funny. Every time I curate one of those, I'm like, okay, surely this is the last one. Because I think we've curated, like, 10 of them so far. And then there was 30,000. And I was like, well... (laughs) 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 30,000! That one's going on the site. And it was worth it. It's awesome. So... They'll be doing crazy stuff with Just Cause 3, I guarantee. I don't know if they'll hit those those kind of uh, benchmarks. Like that yeah. guy's computer, how did it just not melt? I don't know. <laughs> thirty thousand. To be fair, calls. it is a
1: pretty old engine. Yeah, it not, is. But still,
0: of... I mean, if you think about the fact that like Fallout 4 runs like that roughly when it's just one Deathclaw, right? Then <laughs> the PC version, he's got thirty thousand of them. Ooh. Somehow, some way, a stack of tight mixes. Yeah, there. you must have quite a rig there. So. I guess one thing I would say to people thinking about buying this is just wait. Um, play, play the games that
1: you're playing don't. right now. That'd be my, that'd be my <laughs> advice. To you don't. Hang on.
0: Yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit overrated right now. Maybe as more reviews start coming out, uh, it'll it'll drop a little bit. I feel
1: like for me, I think this is going to end up being like. Um, I think it's going to end up being like a like a post Christmas sort of yeah. price drop purchase. It's not one of those games, like the
0: one year Far Cry, I think it was Far Cry 3, came out on like December 20th or something like that, and then I remember the whole year after that a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it sucks, it got stiffed for the Game of the Year awards because it came out after the deadline. Mm. This isn't going to be one of those games where people are like, oh, you
1: totally screwed Just Cause
0: 3. That was my my last review for G4.
1: Oh, really? Far Cry 3. Oh, yeah. I basically like put the period on that and walked out the door.
0: It was a great game. I really enjoyed it. I loved
1: it. I thought it was
0: great. And, but people were right, ultimately, though, that, like, when the Game of the Year awards rolled around for the next year, like, everybody
1: pretty much forgot about
0: it. Yeah. Like, it, it probably deserved to, like, get some accolades because it was a really fun game, but... Uh...
1: But everything. I mean, movies do that. That happens to movies. That happens to TV shows.
0: It's... And look, this, the publishers know when the cutoff is for Game of the Year. They know what's going to happen when they release a game in December or late December. They know yeah. it's not going to get considered, and so they take that into account, and they're like, well, we're going to ship it anyway. So... To me, it's on them. You shouldn't be pissed off at, like, the websites who finally have to cut off their deadline for Game of the Year. You should
1: be upset at the publisher for releasing it so late knowing Mm. what was going to happen. Just like Xenoblade is going to probably miss some deadlines on that, too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, most people have reviewed it by now.
1: Um, They did send it out early enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've had it for a couple weeks now, and I wish I had started on it earlier. I mean, I knew it was going to be a big game, but, like, I didn't know it was going to be... I didn't know it was going to be this big. <laughs> I just didn't have that enough time to review it yeah. in time. Like, there's been a lot of big, long games this year. I can't put. Forty hours into a game in a week. I have yeah. too many other things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, there,
1: how many like forty hour games have there been this year that were like major players? I'd say at least seven or eight. Yeah,
0: and the other problem too is that like if you try to get freelancers to review games like that, they just say no mm-hmm. because freelancers the way I mean we do kind of scale our what we pay our freelancers like if for big RPGs and stuff like that we do give them more, but it's still not worth it because no. the way they look at it is like their time is money and they could review this other game that's. 11 hours long and get paid 80% of what they would get paid to play that 60-70 hour JRPG mm. so it's really hard to find freelancers to tackle yeah. that kind of stuff So oh, You couldn't pay me enough to review Xenoblade You sure you don't want to no. review Xenoblade? No way <laughs> I can shuffle it off onto you I'm already so far into it that it would be pointless to give it to somebody else at yeah. this point but, uh, but yeah, for now I would say hold off on Just Cause 3 um, You probably have other stuff to play that's really good right now I would even say probably play more even if you finish Fallout 4 go back and play some side missions because some of the side
1: missions that you dig up in Fallout 4 are pretty awesome yeah like, I think the side missions are better than the main stories so.
0: you do stumble across some crazy here we are talking about Fallout 4 again by the way again but uh, you stumble across some crazy stuff in that game I'll
1: tell you I have not played Fallout 4 in god when did I stop playing Fallout I stopped playing Fallout 4 the day Battlefront came out and I haven't played it since wow you haven't finished it no what faction did you sign up with? Um, well, I signed up with the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, I ditched them. I didn't. But uh, I don't like them very much. No, not I don't either. I thought they, got, they I'm were gonna, jerks. I'm see what, I haven't gotten to the Institute yet, but I'm going to see what they have to say. Yeah. I'll, I'll decide what I think, because I think the Institute guys look pretty cool. Yeah. I like androids. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I also know that the achievement for, like, finishing both of those faction quests is, like, exclusive. So, like, oh. if you finish one, the other one won't talk to you anymore. Uh, so you yeah. have to, like, do the save. You'll save juggling.
0: There. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, by the time I finished that game, but, I had literally, like, 300 saves or but something. So
1: far, the Brotherhood of Steel seems like a bunch of jerks. So Yeah, I felt that way, too. I mostly just want their power armor. They were I'm ho- too I'm bossy. Hoping I, I hope I get a chance to kill that one guy and get his power armor. That's basically <laughs> what I'm after right now. <laughs> All right, let's get
0: back on topic and to the second topic of the Big Six. We're going to talk about the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley's next sort of transformation, amalgamation mm. of the Spike VGAs. The second annual. The second annual, right? Last year, um, and we're seeing some footage of it from last year, pretty much unanimous praise for the show. Um, I think some people said maybe it was a little too long. Um, some people said that there were... Too many world premieres, which is kind of hard to... It's a weird choice. It was, a, it was nice to see Marty uh, get something there. Well, um, my favorite part of the show was how they did the whole music thing. Was it Imagine yeah. Dragons that they had in the
1: show? Imagine Dragons was the big
0: finale, yeah. Yeah, with one of the Nintendo's composers, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the whole show. Um, I think the other complaint was that they didn't give enough awards away on stage... That has always Mm. been an issue with video game award shows. It probably always will be. Yeah.
1: I thought there were a couple of strange choices in there. uh, Especially, it was very heavily favored Nintendo. Yeah. uh, In a weird way. Like, best developer Nintendo was a very strange choice last year, I thought. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot of other developers that were like, on point. Here's the thing so. with Nintendo though is that it
0: puts out so many games every year. It's like most developers put out one mm-hmm. maybe two if, they're, if they have yeah, like three
1: teams. But dev- Nintendo's got a bunch of different teams too. It's not like they are got one guy doing everything. Right,
0: but here's the thing. It's like if you're just giving a... if if you just give an award for best developer to the developer that made the best game then the award's no different than the Game of the Year award.
1: Well, that's the argument. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly the argument that goes around about best director versus best picture. Right. So it's like that's kind of the game equivalent of that. Yeah. So, it's a valid question. Yeah. Like what's the difference? Right. So maybe you draw Or how can or... the best developer, how can the best director not make the best game, best picture? Right. Like Yeah. How how did you How are you the best director creator of a thing and you didn't create the best thing? Yeah. You know, it's it's like a this, little weird.
0: Well, is. no, I can kind of see it with films though. With just the direction of the film. Mm. Like, the film may not be great, the writing may not be good, but how it was directed was good. Yeah, like because well, yeah, that's it. why the
1: developer is sort of a, more, a broader category than director. Yeah. But uh, it, is, it is an interesting question.
0: Yep. And so, actually, the video we were just watching, if you could hear what Keeley was saying. He was talking about a lot of the complaints people had about last year's show and how they're addressing them this year. Um, again, big musical guests at this year's show. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Mouse. Are you familiar with Dead Mouse? Oh yeah. Some people on Sifted were not. I was shocked to see that some people were like, "Who's Dead Mouse?" Okay. He may be like yesterday's EDM news now. Yeah, he's not. Uh, <laughs> he's not
1: cutting edge anymore. But I certainly remember him. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, just the fact that he wears like the big mouse head on yeah. stage. I figured at least people would be like, "Oh yeah, I've seen pictures of that guy or whatever." But yeah, a couple of them were like, "I've never he- even heard of Dead Mouse." Hmm. So Dead Mouse is there. There's one other musical act that's performing. I can't remember. Oh, Churches, who are great. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the hope is that they... And Churches is almost... It's like borderline chiptune band. Uh, They're kind of like Electro, New Wave, or whatever, but they do have a chiptune kind of sound to them. So the hope is that they do what they did last year, where they do um, collaborations with other Mm -hmm. artists who actually make video game music and things like that. Um, So I'm hoping they do something cool there. And the After Party has, like, Skrillex. Like, Mm. Jeff has spent a lot of money on this show, man. A lot. Like, I know skrillex alone if he plays a two-hour set is like 50 grand so he is definitely spared no expense it looked like he got a couple sponsors for the show this year which is good and which should help a little bit um it's being held in la this year instead of in las vegas Vegas, where it was last year Um, i'm definitely going i'll be there tomorrow night to support jeff and hopefully the show goes great Uh, let's talk a little bit about the stuff that he's announced so far um, so the first thing that kind of came out, or this is actually a rumor, I don't think this has been official yet, but they're saying Ace Combat 7 is one of the games thats that they're saying is probably going to be debuted
1: at the Game Awards.
0: Matt, do we need another
1: Ace Combat? I love Ace Combat, do you? so yeah, I'll take any Ace Combat you want to throw at me. Really? Uh, is it like headline world premiere news? Probably not. But I yeah. love like dogfighting, you know, planes, jet fighters, stuff. So yeah, See, I always feel like those I'm glad games it's still here. Just but end it's...
0: up in even going back to like Star Fox, like I just always feel like they just end up in this endless loop of people doing circles, chasing after each other. Well, that's only if you don't know what you're doing. Right, but that's the way most game players are. Like, yeah, but
1: that just means I'm gonna destroy. you're gonna crush them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean it, it, it's, it's I grew up playing uh, you know the X-wing and Wing Commander and Strike Commander and F. Falcon 4.0 and all, this I stuff. Mean, and I love all that stuff. I mean, flight sims used to be huge. Oh, yeah. They're like, and it's like, a dead genre now. Oh, yeah. And, but, like, but I love all that stuff, and... uh you know any chance to bring it back under a modern banner to something that looks good is great i'm all for it and i like ace i love ace combat's like ridiculous bat crazy stories and
0: and they went more in that direction over the last couple releases oh yeah so that's six, really six, been... six was
1: often crazy town yeah like, it was just amazing and, and just and... the focus too the focus yeah.
0: is clearly on the story now which i think is probably the smart yeah. move well except
1: for that one the free-to-play one uh on playstation was uh, just mostly grinding, yeah. like online grinding. There was some cool missions in it, but it was just, it was way too free-to-play-y. Yeah. You know, because it was free-to-play, but it was just, you know, you that feeling of like, I'm not getting anything done here, you know? It's like you, you had to earn fuel units every like five hours or something to spend to play missions, and there was a couple cool things. There was like a Godzilla tie-in where like, uh, when that terrible Godzilla PS4 game came out, yeah. there was a Godzilla tie-in where like, randomly during missions, Mechagodzilla or Godzilla would appear, in the city And you had to like Everybody had to like Like break off And like attack Godzilla right, And that was right. pretty awesome <laughs> But like So yeah Little things Like there's There's cool thing But I'd be super happy To see it come back To the Like a story Or one of those batshit crazy stories In the alternate universe Where everybody's got all the different planes in our universe that, yeah, it's, it's, I, I enjoy Ace Combat a lot for what it is. So. The
0: other thing I would say too is
1: that they're amazing looking games. Yes, they've always been amazing looking. Because
0: you fly so quickly you don't have time to see that the ground and the buildings on the ground aren't all that detailed. Mm-hmm. So they can use all those
1: polygons and everything else on the planes yeah. and the skyboxes always look incredible. And... and of course the Idolmaster plane decals. Right. <laughs> uh, which I believe to this day was are Namco's top selling DLC. Wow. For that, for that series. Holy is, cow. Is the, and the Auto Master things were like three times what the other plane skins cost. Like, Idolmaster is a force. A DLC In force Japan, in for Japan. sure. Without
0: a doubt. Idolmaster is huge there. So, I would agree with you, though. This is it's not a huge debut.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm happy with it. But yeah. it's like, I can't imagine a lot more people than just me are happy with it. You know, it's like... Yeah. Like, for me, I'm like, oh, I okay, hate combat. But I feel like the majority of the audience will just be like, the what? Who? Yeah seven of them. Well, I think so like, you'll know, know. I think know they he's They know, but that. I don't think they care. Yeah. And it's I... not going to cause Twitter to go crazy when no. it's shown. As long as it's, as long as it's better than Assault Horizon. That's yeah. all I ask. Yeah. that one was terrible. That's what you were just showing actually footage of
0: Assault <laughs> Horizon. Uh, so the next we're going to talk about is Far Cry Primal. They're going to show... The gameplay debut for that. Although I feel like we've kind of seen that already. The trailer a little bit, but I, I'm I'll gladly see more. Yeah, I'll oh, gladly for sure. I mean, that was one of my favorite games that have been unveiled probably in the last half of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited for that. Um, I would like to be a lot more excited if it had dinosaurs. I think.
1: But... Yeah. Well. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, the time period that is set in does not allow for that. So at least you are actually kind of wondering how it's all that different from other Far Cry's. Like there's no. Well, branches, here's the thing.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you look at it like you know, Cause
0: there's elephants in Far Cry. Already. Right.
1: It's like you look at Far Cry Four versus this. Clearly, they just you know they retextured a bunch of animals from right. Far Cry Four, and now they're prehistoric versions of themselves. Right. Because there were tigers, the in tigers Far- and the Far- tigers and Saber, now they're saber-toothed tigers, and now the elephants right. are mammoths, and now you know I'm sure something can be adopted adapted into a giant sloth. You know. Yeah. And uh, there were glyptodonts, the giant armadillo yeah. things. Yep. So, but you know, so yeah, I mean, there's some there's some fun stuff happening there, but uh, yeah, it's no, it's not dinosaurs.
0: No, and I, the other thing too is that like you know they're taking guns away, obviously, so you're stuck with spears and bows. Does that wear thin quickly? I don't know. I know tell
1: people love bows in games. I love the bow in Far Cry. Far Cry is like I, is a bow game to me. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm forced to switch over to to something against a harder target. Right. But um, no, I'm into it. You know, I'll give it. A, I mean, it's it's there. With this and like Blood Dragon, like you know, it, it seems like Far Cry from now on has like, okay, here's our numbered one, and here's our kind of like crazy outside of the box idea, using right, the yeah. engine and the assets. Yeah. So like, you know, Far Cry 3 had Blood Dragon, now Far Cry 4 has Primal. So uh, I'm, that's a trend I'll encourage. And this is one thing that I think will light up Twitter, and yeah. probably will make a
0: splash, as people will be able to watch the first gameplay of it. Um, and it's, it's it's sold pretty well. I mean, they usually do really well for Ubisoft. And yeah. um, at a least, it, you it. know,
1: it's not... I mean, it looks like there's actually more Stone Age stuff popping up now. Yeah. But, like, it, it, you know, this is kind of the first out of the gate. It's not... You know, that, this isn't a time period that's really been explored much. Yep, it's true. So, excited. I think we both agree we're really excited <laughs> for yeah. that. I hope we get to make, like, a Flintstones car so far. <laughs> 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 where, where you use your feet <laughs> to propel it. Um... The, the next thing that was
0: announced was Oculus has a big announcement at uh, the Game Awards. Mm. Release date? Price? Maybe both. Uh, maybe they've got like a big-time developer to create an exclusive mm. game for it, because to me, that's what they really need at this point. Grand Theft Auto 6. I mean, that would just be... That, like, houses would fall. Oh, yeah. Like, the would internet would break. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, More than Kim Kardashian's yes. butt. The internet would break if that were the case. Um... But they need a killer app for this. Yeah. Like, there's been lots of cool little stuff. And, you know, we've said on the show before that, you know, the killer app for VR is trying VR. Right. When you first try it, it's, like, pretty mind-blowing when you use it for the first time. But eventually that wears off. And if you're trying to convince people who may not get a chance to try it out before they go to buy it that they should buy this thing, like, I feel like you, you need you need a AAA game from a developer that's known to make AAA games. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Keely knows what the what hot stuff is, you know. And he's not going to let Oculus trot out there if they're just going to show off some stupid little platformer or whatever. Mm. Like, they're going to have to have something that's going to really raise a ruckus. And so, that's pretty exciting. You know, then you wonder with Sony with PlayStation VR, they're, you know, yeah, PSX. They have an answer
1: at PSX? Happens this weekend.
0: And Fingers also... crossed for
1: a 5 drop. Come yeah. on, people. It's <laughs> supposed to be out by the end of the year. And I
0: wonder, you know... How that has affected Jeff booking stuff for mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. awards because mm-hmm. Sony obviously needs to make a big splash with its show, and so I'm guessing you know there
1: might be some some crossover.
0: Yeah, I mean, there might be some tension too between yeah. the
1: Game Awards and but, you know, PlayStation Experience because they maneuver around that. And you know, when E3 time comes and the press, you know, yubi has got their stuff in their press conference. They show a different aspect of the, that same game at like Sony or Microsoft or whatever. You know, they, they 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 dance around that pretty regularly.
0: But I'm sure Jeff wanted to get some PlayStation VR in, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe he mentions, oh, well, you know, Oculus is doing something here. and Then maybe they're like, well, you know, mm. we want this to be. Who knows? But. It looks like Oculus is going to be the VR of note at uh, the Game Awards, so we can look forward to something with that. Um, here's something really cool that they're doing. They're doing a tribute to Westwood. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, was it two episodes ago, we were answering questions, and they asked us what studio, was it last week maybe? They asked us what studio had been closed down that you wish hadn't been closed down, and my pick was Westwood. Mm-hmm. And then, like, literally, like two or three days later, the announcement for the, the Game Awards comes out saying that they're doing a big tribute to Westwood. Um, what is it called? The industry icon industry award. icon award, yeah. yeah. So well deserved. I think oh, we can yeah. all agree. Right now we're for watching. Sure. I think this is red alert two.
1: Yep. F, I remember the gods uh, of FMV. I remember uh, in the in the in the nineties, back in the olden days, one of my friends from high school got a job working on M Player, which was the first like subscription multiplayer service for games, and it was. Um, I don't even remember it. Uh, most people don 't it was it was absorbed into game spy arcade somewhere around two thousand and one, but at the time they were, it was like a robust like front end and everything and you could play you pl- paid a subscription for it was like thirty nine ninety five a year or something, and you got to play all these like, you know different games and one of them they had a lot of command and conquer, so command and conquer used to be what he tested on and I remember uh-huh. we'd just sit there and like play command and conquer over and over <laughs> trying to break the m player thing and it was yeah. uh, it was a good time, and every once in a while, you run into someone that knew what that wa- knew that what, what that was and played it, and it was like, "Oh, that was the greatest!" Because it was like a, it was like kind of like sifted, and it was like a little, a smaller community of people that kind of knew their stuff, right? And like had to f- go out and find it a little yeah, bit, yeah, And it was it was a good good time, and uh, uh, it was fond memories. It was uh, mostly Westwood games I played on that.
0: Well, the crazy thing is that FMV is like kind of coming back now.
1: Yeah, that's true. And it's not, like, VR or anything.
0: It's literally just straight-up FMV. Have you played that game, Her Story?
1: No, I've seen it. Like, because cause she's nominated in 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 uh, the v, the Game Awards.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... Mark
1: pretty... Hamill's going to win it, but yeah. she's nominated. <laughs> but it's
0: kind of cool to see what a lot of people thought was, like, this olden technology and kind of a dinosaur come and mm-hmm. make a comeback. Um,
1: well, it... somebody call me when Road Adventure 2's out.
0: Because... Uh... <laughs> I mean, there's, I feel like there's definitely like a, a different kind of appeal to games with FMV. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're a little more personal. They're obviously, Uncanny Valley is completely avoided because it's yeah. real footage. Uh, there's all, all, also obviously huge limitations with right. the medium as well. And so as long Not as a play, lot of people with
1: fond memories of Sewer Shark. No, no like,
0: or Night Trap, or pretty Mad much Dog. any of uh, the I guess iconic...
1: Mad, Mad Dog McCree has its fans. Yeah.
0: Man. But uh, otherwise, it was one of those things where people are like, it's gone, and I'm pretty much okay
1: that it's gone. Yeah, I'm right there with them on that, really, the, along with pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to see those again.
0: And I will say another thing, too. I was kind of doing research before we came on the show to talk about this, and I was just kind of looking back on the games that Westwood has made, and it really hasn't made a game in a long time. Well, yeah. It has been gone, like, not making games for, like, forever.
1: Oh, yeah. EA's trail of bodies stretches far into the past. It sure does,
0: for sure, so... Uh appropriate. I'm really excited for them. They totally deserved. Yeah. Um it'd be interesting to see who they actually bring. And they haven't got gotten
1: a lot of recognition. You know, you see a lot of like, you know, you know kind of retro awards, kinda of yeah. stuff like that. But I don't I can't recall Westwood getting a lot of a lot of love in that regard. Jeff is an old PC gamer. That's mm-hmm. where it all started for him. He was
0: like a big PC guy growing up and that's kind of where he uh He kind of staked his first claim was like working in games journalism for PC games, and so it's got a soft spot in his heart, so I can totally understand why this is the game that he chose or Mm -hmm. the studio that he chose to uh, kind of feature.
1: It's a legit choice for sure.
0: Yep. And then just to kind of round out what they've announced so far, here's the other thing I would say is it seems like at last year's show that by now, we knew about a lot more of the show than we do for this year's show.
1: Yeah, this is a bit of... I, I actually was again surprised when you mentioned like oh it's this it's this week because i was like was tomorrow yeah and i mean if you're watching this on sifted it's today yeah because the only people that are watching it
0: live is tomorrow it's on thursday so Mm -hmm. yeah it's coming up real quick i mean this is pretty much all the stuff that's been announced so far and i feel like last year we already knew about like 10 things and there were 10 like secret things Mm -hmm. um there was some other thing that was mentioned where there is, there is like some debuts, like literally the first time you'll ever see a game. Um, but like, I guess the one studio that didn't even want his name like mentioned in it to ruin the surprise, so mm-hmm. he wasn't able to promote that. I mean, stuff like this is a big deal if you're, one, floating the money for the show yourself like Jeff has and funding right. it yourself, and you're trying to hi- get it hyped so people show up. Because obviously you have sponsors, you have targets you need as far as traffic to satisfy those, and they're maybe may written into the deal that like X number of people need to watch this online... So you get the full amount that was agreed to in the marketing plan. Um, So there's a lot riding on this. And so it's a little surprising that there hasn't been more. I mean, the other thing, there's a new Mortal Kombat character that's going to be announced. That was another thing that kind of came out. Um, So I have full faith that Jeff is going to deliver an awesome show. Mm -hmm. And all of you guys should watch the show for sure. Um, Support Jeff. Support this idea. Just like you support Sifted. And you're and you're supporting something that's a new idea and something that you believe in. You should support Jeff's award show. He broke away from Viacom. Uh, he's trying to make it less corporate. He, I feel like he did a good job last year with it. I feel like it was something that we could all be proud of as gamers. Um, and and support him. Make sure you guys watch this. Uh, obviously, we'll have a link to the live stream on Sifted. It is on YouTube. Um, so if you really if you go to YouTube.com tomorrow evening, I think it starts at six Pacific. I believe. That sounds right. I'm not sure. Early evening Pacific, mid evening East Coast. Um, If you're in Europe, good luck. (laughs) It'll probably be like 4 or 5 in the morning for you there. Uh, But we will have the live stream running on Sifted. So worst case scenario, just come to Sifted. You'll be able to watch it with all all the fellow Sifters. Um, And then we'll also be curating all the media, because as it airs in the show, then the media gets put up on on the internet from all the publishers and on the official YouTube channel for the Game Awards. And we'll be curating that stuff. So it's going to be a big night. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you can't watch the award show live, make sure you check out Sifted tomorrow night because we will have everything archived so you can check it all out later. Um, It'll be a big day on the site for everyone. So we wish Jeff the best of luck. Again, I implore you to watch the show. (laughs) Um, It's good for everybody that you do. The show's going to be good. I can pretty much promise you that. Um, And it's good for the industry to support independent stuff like this when people are going out on a limb and really risking a lot to bring you guys something that you want. Because let's be honest... This is something people have asked for. They've wanted a legit award show run by gamers that isn't influenced by Hollywood and all the garbage that goes along with it. Um, And this is it. So support it. Um, I think we'll all be better for it in the long run. Agreed?
1: One of these award shows has to catch on at some point. Might as well be this one. Well, what,
0: what else is there? There's the Dice Awards. The Dice way Awards. Too stiff.
1: It's very inside. There's the GDC. I mean, the GDC Awards are probably the closest thing to the Oscars in terms of like the industry picking its own honorees. But like, it's not. You know, the GDC Awards are never going to be what the Oscars are. They're boring. I mean, honestly, well, so are the Oscars. I'm, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't watch the Oscars. Like, I literally don't watch
0: it. Like, I. Michelle will My wife will go In the mm-hmm. back bedroom And she'll watch it While I have the TV Playing
1: games Like I just I like it because I bet on it But you, know, it's... you bet on the Oscars Oh yeah <laughs> I've, I've been watching I'm, I'm a film nut I've been watching The Oscars forever Yeah How often are you right? Really often though. Oh really? Oh yeah So
0: it's easier to bet On than football I guess Oh yeah I don't bet on sports If you, have, to if you go to an
1: Oscar party This year folks uh, Spotlights win in best picture I'm just telling you <laughs> Right now
0: Ex Machina It should be
1: Not even not yeah, a, I know. Shot in the dark <laughs> I know Not a the chance The movie that I care about Never win That's just the way it is So that's Sometimes that's a way To tell you're sane Yeah I guess but, you're um, right Yeah <laughs> I, I think on an award show That incorporates a lot of news And a lot of um, re- Reveals and, and new stuff Is probably the way To go for this industry Because that's so much Of like you know what's next what's new what's coming is so important to games that like it makes sense to kind of mix that in with the awards for stuff we've already played well people
0: always ask for the oscars they want this very stiff people in tuxedos the whole team going up getting the award making the speech walk slowly walking back while they play the music While they're making the speech, the music comes on telling them to get the hell off the stage. I
1: feel like that's just like a desire to see, you know, the media legitimized in, in the same way that we see these other mediums being legitimate. And I just don't think that you have to do the same thing as everybody else.
0: I don't either, and I don't want them to. I don't want an award show like that. I
1: won't watch it. I don't. want I like movie. I love movies. I don't watch the Oscars. Well, I certainly wouldn't go to this if I had to wear a tux. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Right.
0: And look, like, I would agree that you know the VGAs, and I, you know, full disclosure, I worked on the VGAs for seven years, so I know the whole production inside and out, and everything that goes into it, and why decisions are made or not made. And I would agree with you a million percent. The VGAs were the other direction way too far. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Jeff has... And look, Jeff worked on those awards, the VGAs, before I got there. He was working on them before I got to Viacom and MTV. So he knows what he's doing. He's listened to people. He and I, when we were at Viacom, we were the people in the meeting saying, we're telling you, like, if you want gamers to show up and watch this, this is what you need to do. And they say, great. You, we know you guys know what you're talking about. Thanks, Jeff and Shane. We'd leave we come to the next production meeting, and they had just completely ignored. Like, And a lot of it is mm-hmm. money and marketing deals. Yeah, and, no, I mean... And know. they need a certain kind of show to get marketers to sign up for the show. We, all, and we
1: also worked on g We know Yep, how and I worked on g
0: I ran, like, the... Remember, I did mm-hmm. the pre, like, award series. Like, you did the series. pre-show.
1: I did the post-show. Yeah. With Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley yeah, was in my post-show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was good times. We had a great time doing that show, because, like... Uh, well, my your show was super heavily controlled because yeah. you had to like, do all the It was business. all pre-shot and everything, yeah. yeah. But like, it was super high production. Then. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you, you had all the That's the biggest and, budget yeah. I ever had yeah. to produce anything. I had literally no budget. Yeah. I, they, they we pro- still
0: tied it together, though. All we right. found, like a thread where like, we oh, had like yeah. the hand puppet. Like, I noticed Game Trailers now has like this little like, ratty hand puppet. Mm-hmm. But we had, literally, mm-hmm. a hand puppet named Ratty. Yeah. And what year was that? That
1: was 2005.
0: 2005. 2006. Yeah, 2006.
1: We had a little uh, yeah. ratty
0: hand puppet, and we. It was at the post show where you had the hand puppet from He'd like the top. In. Yeah, he yeah. Par- literally parachuted from like 20 stories yeah. up,
1: down. Bobby, a- Bobby Burns, head of po- head of uh, the, the 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 camera department, or whatever. I don't remember what who it was I the- then brought over to
0: Game. Brought trailers. over to
1: Game. But he uh, he like spent two days rigging that uh, lipstick cam to get the <laughs> POV shot for that. It was amazing. Like like yeah. everybody just like pulled together, and it was great times. Yeah, but it wasn't much of an award show.
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, we but, had a blast. Yeah.
0: I love making. Anyway, I think we're flying off the rails here, but uh, yeah.
1: we got to put William Shatner in a show. It was fun. Yeah. Bottom line is, Jeff's show is going to be better than the G4E that we worked on. Probably fewer uh, puppets parachuting in. Yeah. Maybe. And it's... Maybe. Muppets showed up at Nintendo E3 this That's year. True. We don't know. That's right. We don't know what's going to happen.
0: And it's going to be better than the VGAs that Jeff and I worked on. I can promise you that, because I know Jeff is in total control of it. And he's going to be able to do exactly what he wanted all along. So, support the Game Awards people. It's really important. If you do one thing this week to help the gaming industry it's watch that show and everybody's gonna
1: be talking about it anyway so you might as well be current
0: yep and like I said if you can't watch it live for work or whatever reasons come on Sifted we'll have all that stuff archived and uh, make sure you watch the official videos for Jeff's YouTube channel as well instead of all these scumbags on YouTube are gonna skim all the videos and post them that's the worst and that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. Jeff is gonna lose a ton of revenue to these little YouTube channels that are recording it live and posting it to their channels um, before he'll have time to get it up on his. So we're going to definitely make a concerted effort to curate from Jeff's official channel or, worst-case scenario, from mm-hmm. the publisher's channel to make sure that the who right is, people are getting the revenue for it. Who so. was
1: the industry icon last year? Was that uh, Roberta Williams? I don't even remember. I don't remember at all. I want to say it was Sierra. I
0: don't remember. It wouldn't surprise me, though. Like I said, Jeff's a big PC yeah. guy, so I could see why he'd recognize them two years in a row. But anyway, watch that damn show. It's time to move on to the next topic, which is Rainbow Six Siege. So this game's been out a couple days. Yeah. And there is one review for this game out there. Really? One. There's one review for this game on Sifted. From Boom. uh, Destructoid put up their Hmm. review today. Um, There was, like, a PC port report that we curated yesterday from... I think it was Digital Trends or something. that had mm-hmm. basically just done a report saying how well does it run on PC. You know, what are the settings? How does it run on the different settings and that type of thing? It wasn't like an actual review of the game. The first re- review came out today, and what did they say? They liked it. Oh, yeah. yeah, destructively gave it a really high score, and they said that it's really low on content. And look, I've been playing it a little bit, so I can I can talk to this in a little bit, but. They said they've been playing it and, you know, there's not a lot of content to it, but just because of the core mechanics of it, it will have legs and it will have staying power. Mm -hmm. But what I was kind of getting at is that, so this game was supposed to have an an open beta, like a week ago. Um, The day before the, actually, I think it was the day of the open beta, Ubisoft comes out and says, oh no, we're pushing it. This is a week before the game comes out, Matt. Mm. Think about that. Like, you cannot get your open beta to work seven days before everyone is supposed to flood your servers from buying this game on wow. consoles and PC. I think they pushed it back a day and a half or two days, and then it finally went live. Um, and I, I had played the beta of this, the first round of the closed beta. I did, like, a sifted hangout for it, and, you know, I played it a ton before the hangout, I played it a ton after the hangout. So I played a lot of this game, um, and I, do, I did get, finally, a review code for it, but I got it the day before it came out. And, uh, and everyone's in that same boat. And that's why you're not seeing any reviews for it. And so, everybody already knows this game doesn't have a campaign. It's got a very simple training mode that you can play through that kind of shows you the ropes of the game. Um, but there's really no campaign to it. And, you know, I haven't finished the game. So, obviously, I'm not ready to, to produce our game eval for it yet. But I felt like the content was pretty low in the beta. And I felt like it was starting to get a little repetitive in the time I played the beta. And according to Destructible, he's reviewed it already. It looks like it doesn't get any better in the final game. And this is a full price game, might I add. Mm -hmm. This is a sixty dollar game. And so I'm just wondering if Ubisoft was withholding the code for this game because it fears that it's not going to review well. And the other problem too is that there's some stiff competition out there right now. Um, Black Ops Three not as good as Advanced Warfare in my opinion, but still a great shooter, still crazy addictive. Like I have to, you know, when I go home tonight. And the shows like rendering or whatever, you know, I'll want to go play a couple quick rounds of Black Ops Three or Halo Five. I
1: mean, yep, Halo Five and every, I mean, a bunch of people I know certainly didn't play this. They loaded up the Battle of Jakku.
0: And that's and what I'm Battle saying. Front. And there's Battlefront as well. So you have those three. I mean, those are hard hitters, dude. Those aren't like flight by fly by night like yeah. first-person shooters. Those are games that are going to sell millions, like tens of millions of copies. And you know, you got Ubisoft coming in here with this game. It doesn't have a campaign. And look, Battlefront doesn't really have one either, but it's got Star Wars it's Star going Wars, for yeah. it. That's a big deal. And look, Halo 5's campaign wasn't amazing. It was better than Black Ops 3's campaign, though, I'll say that much. It's better than no campaign. And it's way better than no campaign. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so it's it's gonna be a tough sell for Ubisoft. And yeah. so I just wonder, you know, the other thing too is that like a lot of times you can kind of stealth release games like this. And put it out, like, say they put it out in February and just mm. waited a couple months and put it out in February. Once we've all finished playing Black Ops and Battlefront and Halo. Yeah, you we've... wonder why they felt the need to get it out in December. Well, we know why. It's because, right. I don't remember what the figure is, but it's something like 65% of all video game sales happen in like a right. six week period or whatever. And so, but this? I mean, they did the same thing with Far Cry, Ubisoft. They yeah, put it Far out. Far Cry had a campaign. Right, and a very good one. And that's all it had. It didn't have multiplayer, really. Mm hmm. That co-op. Yeah. That is. Right. So, I feel like they're being tricky with this. It's like a, the graphics say rainbow tricks. Like, I feel like they're trying to pull a fast one a little bit over on the press here, hoping that they just kind of get impulse sales based upon people not knowing that the game doesn't... Because a lot of casual people have no idea this haven't, doesn't have a campaign. Mm-hmm. And if you just watch a couple trailers for it, like... And haven't watched the interviews where they admit, yeah, it doesn't have a campaign, like... Well, I think most casual people don't even know this game exists. You think? Have you seen any commercials? No. No, I have. I have. Watching football this weekend, I saw a ton of Mm. commercials for it. The guy from The Wire stars in their their marketing Mm, campaign. And I saw tons of commercials for it, actually. Yeah, like, one,
1: like, every other commercial break, it seemed like. I'll be interested to see what sales are like, just because, like... Of course, they
0: don't mention in the commercials, no campaign. No campaign, (laughs) only online.
1: But at the same time, it's like, you know... I, I could get why Battlefront and Halo are like a, a, a popular draw from COD because they're very different. From they are, the yeah. But like this looks like this looks like Call it of Duty. looks like Call of Duty. Even though like, it well, does play well, completely right, but also it looks like Call of Duty from like four years ago. Yeah, you know, like Call of Duty has sort of you know jazzed itself up, sci fied itself up a bit. Yeah, and uh, I just don't. I mean, I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan, but like I just you look at like what's in Call of Duty Black Ops Three versus what's in this, and it's like why would you? not pick Black Ops 3 with all, you know, it's got a campaign, it's got the zombie thing, it's got extra co-op modes, it's got, I mean, it's just, it's got tons and tons and yeah. tons of and stuff Yeah, and you're asking the
0: same price for yeah. this game. The 60 the bucks hurts. The same price. There's also been, like, the dicey DLC stuff with this game, it could put a shadow mm-hmm. over it a little bit.
1: I don't know, man. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I have had a lot of good times with a lot of Rainbow Six games. So but have I. I am, I am out before this one even starts. No,
0: I mean I'm, I'm going to play it. I am playing it for for a game eval right now. Right,
1: but like if if I mean if someone wants to give me a free copy, I'll play it. But like yeah. I'm not paying sixty bucks for this. Thing, I would not pay. And by the time, time the price drops to what I would pay, I feel like people aren't going to be playing it anymore. So what's the point?
0: I mean, one thing that is good about this game is that they're giving the maps for free. Mm -hmm. So all the DLC maps you get when you pay the 60 bucks. You gotta pay for the characters, not the game. Yep. Not the maps. And technically you can unlock the characters if you play 25 hours of the game per character.
1: I got a lot of open world games to play.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I honestly don't think (laughs) that I would play this game more than 25 or 30 hours. Yeah, that seems like a maximum. Because there really aren't that many modes in it. It's all kind of the same thing. You're either the team hold up
1: or you're the team trying to get in. Like... Yeah, like I would need to have like a set team of people I know and play with online every night that would be like a. That'd be fun to play with in addition to the game being fun. I yeah. Mean, I, I feel like I need that kind of a social draw on this, and I, it's just not there. Yeah. For I'm, me. I'm I sure mean, there are people who do have that.
0: Yeah, you're right though. Like a lot of people might be enticed by it if a lot of their friends are playing it, but I have a feeling that a lot of their friends are playing either Battlefront or Call of Duty. Certainly what's true of, of my world. Yeah. Everyone's playing Battlefront. And I mean, if you're. And you know, going back to what you were saying about Black Ops 3. I mean, you look at the content in that game. Yeah. You have a campaign, it's only 6 hours long and it's not great. In fact, it's not good at all if you play it by yourself. It's more fun when you play with others. But like but you can play it with others. So you can play with up to 4 people co-op yeah, through the there campaign. There's something to play. Yeah, once you finish the campaign, it kind of remixes it with zombies basically and throws in this weird like supernatural angle into the campaign. So there's actually some some incentive to go back and play it again. You've got Zombies, which this time around is bigger than ever and more involved than ever. Again, something you can't really play on your own, but with friends it's a blast. Then you have the multiplayer, which depending on your perspective, you can play for forever, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, Black Ops 2 saw so 10 million people playing it a month. Um, and then, there, you know, there's little stuff in there, like the top-down shooter and, like, it's just loaded with content. Like, you get your 60 bucks worth from Black Ops 3 and, like, this, to me, is the ultimate, like, wait for it to go to, like, twenty nine ninety nine thirty nine ninety nine get it at, like, one of, uh...
1: I'll see at the Steam. Toys R Us's, like, buy two, oh, get I, one free. I, I look at this, and I just, I'll see you at the Steam Spring Sale. Yeah. Basically. I mean, when they bundled all the DLC into something, and it's all, like, 70% off. Yeah. Maybe. And I will say this, like, I have had a ton of fun playing
0: the game. Like, it mm. is... It's fun, it's different. It's even different than, like, Rainbow Six games, typically, like... There's never really been this whole kind of siege mm-hmm. mode in a Rainbow Six. The problem is that that's all there is. Like, there's no just... You know, I played, I think it was Black Arrow on the original Xbox for literally hundreds and hundreds of hours. And a lot of it was the novelty of playing on Xbox Live because it was one of the best Xbox Live games when it came out mm-hmm. as far as the functionality and what it offered. Um, but, you know, I employed, enjoyed playing Team Deathmatch in
1: Black Arrow. And, like, yeah. on, uh, and on Vegas, I remember my friends and I played, played Terrorist Hunt. Forever. Yep. Forever. Like over and over and over and over, and we didn't even think it was funny when we screwed up. Yep. Mean, it was just, you know, it's I, I I it's not like I don't have good feelings for Rainbow Six. I just I can't see I can't see this being worth my sixty bucks.
0: Well, then you really think back to Patriot or Patriots, I think it was, mm. and that was looked like it was going to be like Rainbow Six Vegas, you know, have a full campaign
1: and then have multiplayer as well. They totally ditched that. Yeah. I feel like I'm just going to like kind of. Let this one float by and wait for the division. Yeah, so we just given like two games in this show where we're like,
0: yeah, you probably yeah. should wait.
1: <laughs> the other part of the also, it too. it's been a good year. There's a lot of other stuff to play. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff on sale right now. You know, it's like it's it's hard to say, hey, throw sixty bucks at this thing that you might like when it's we can say like, hey, throw thirty bucks at something you, we know you'll, is great. Yeah, so it's. it's it's a weird time to bring out something like that.
0: Well, I think all you Sipters are going to wait anyway, because there's, like, no reviews out there. Like I said, there's one. So most people, I don't think, will go buy a game without reading at least a couple reviews. Some games people will blindly buy, like a Metal Gear game, I think anyone would buy without, without caring about reviews. Zelda, there's some franchises mm-hmm. out there where people are like, I'm just buying it, I don't really care what these people think of it. So, yeah. But this is not one of those. I, yeah,
1: I don't know if the next Zelda is one of those for me either. Really? Yeah, I mean, Skyward Sky Sword was a burn. It was to me. a burn, I, yeah. I, I, agree. I, I got a nice uh, gold Wiimote out of it, but that's about the only like upside to that game to me.
0: I enjoyed it, but no,
1: it was probably the least
0: enjoyable Zelda I had played in I don't even know how long. Well, it was better than Phantom Hourglass, which I hated. but... Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of. Uh... There's been a couple Zelda games that I haven't There's liked. A, a few. Ton. Majora's Phantom Mask, Master... I didn't really like all that much. I didn't much. like
1: Majora's Mask either. I know that's sacrilege. Yeah, I know. Zelda I know. fans know. right now are like, "What? What?
0: I'm you like... didn't like Majora's Mask? Yeah, just, I Majora, did
1: Majora's just like Phantom Hourglass made me feel like I, the the way you pull me out of a Zelda game, you put a time yeah. limit on it.
0: Yeah, I know. It was so weird. Yeah. And like I remember too, the other part of it is like I kept trying to start the game, and you couldn't save until the for the first time until like 40 minutes into it. And for whatever reason, I was just really busy at that time, and people kept, like, interrupting me. <laughs> and so I'd turn it off, and I'd start it mm. again, and I'd have to go through that same, like, 30- or 40-minute thing. And, like, I did it three times fine before I was able to kind of go forward, and I think that soured, like, my, my overall That'll impression do it. of it. Yeah. But uh, mostly Zelda games I love, though. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, like, it bats about 90% for me, typically. So, but, yeah, I Skyward Sword, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it'd be interesting to see what they do with the new one. But, uh Yeah, I would say wait and see on Rainbow Six Siege. Um, Like I said, I'm working on the game eval right now, but I'm juggling, like, three games, so that one's probably going to be pretty far down the list. I think as far as interest, too, people would probably much rather Mm -hmm. read our review of Just Cause 3 or Battlefront, which I'm also playing right now, um, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, priorities, priorities, people. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Dying Light, Matt. Did you enjoy Dying Light? I liked it. Didn't love it, but I liked it. That's the way I'd probably put it. I, I'm, I'm just going to fully admit that I have not finished the game.
1: Neither have I. I'm about a, I got about halfway through it. Uh, it just it felt a little. It felt like it was built from the parts of like lesser games a little yeah. bit. It was like it was like they took a lot of ideas from other open world and, by... games and sort of like put them together into a thing that kind of worked. Yeah. Like you know, it's like a lot of the climbing and stuff was cool. And like at ni- like when night falls, like you have to run from the superpowered powered zombies. Right. And like, like there were a couple things, couple there were a couple moments during the nighttime runs where like some awesome stuff happened and like some narrow escapes and some cool stuff. So, grapple
0: hook was pretty cool. I yeah, thought
1: I, I I had a good time. I liked know? that the zombies weren't just like shambling idiots. Like they would
0: actually like climb up buildings and stuff like that. Cause I remember the uh-huh. first time I used a grapple hook I went to the top of a building. I was like, oh, I'm cool up here. Nope. Like, <laughs> you know, like all these zombies start piling up onto the top of the building. I was like, oh my god, you're not safe anywhere in this game. But I'm I'm right there with you. Enjoyed it, you know. It mm. it actually is kind of a B level game.
1: Yeah, it is a B. I'd say it is. They a don't really a B- exist that often anymore. But that's kind of one of them. I feel like solid. Not going to be on my top ten. Yeah, and right. like
0: like if you gave the developers another year, it probably could have got up to like a triple A quality mm. game. But you didn't, so it so it didn't. Yeah. Um, and so the reason we're talking about it now is because. Dying Light has done something that I've never heard of in the industry. It announced and sold its season pass for this game, and just a couple days ago, the developers came out and said, "Uh, yeah, we're gonna increase the price of the season pass for this game." After people had already bought it, and now here is the thing: if you have already bought it, they're not gonna ask you for more money to like mm-hmm. unlock it. Like you're good. Like if you bought yeah. the season
1: pass, you're in there. And the price doesn't actually go up till the eighth. Right. So you can still buy it for the old price if you really want it. Right, right. If you're but who's gonna buy the season pass for dying light? That hasn't already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So Matt, have you ever heard of this happening before? No, nah, this is a new one on me. Like how does that I don't happen? even know what I mean, I <laughs> guess they I mean there the new expansion thing that's coming out is I guess, is pretty ambitious. There's a lot there's a new map, there's like you can drive vehicles in well, and vehicles it, like, is the big thing, yeah, right? right? And like, they of course, you need a new big map to do that in because the you know the city that you're in in this one is a little too constricted for that. Yeah. But like, so I guess like and the, maybe saying
0: vehicles is a bit of a stretch. Like you drive vehicle. Yeah. It's just
1: like, a buggy. But it's still something. Yeah. And uh, it changes it up. That's a, a big bit. change. I mean, yeah. we were talking
0: about it earlier. What separates you know Just Cause Three from a lot of open world games is vehicles right. and Grand
1: Theft Auto as well. So. And you know I. I guess maybe that went more over budget or something. I don't. I don't I have no idea what yeah, would they cause said, that. They said that like it ended
0: up being bigger than they thought it was going to be. But you're the one who plans what you're making. How does that happen? You just like work on it for like six months and be like, whoa, crap! Like how well, did this game get so big out of nowhere? You know, the
1: only thing I can think is that a lot of times stuff like that. You know and that happens in film and TV too, where you're just like, oh, this is this is actually way bigger than we thought it was going to be we got to cut it down like we got we yeah. got we got to be more realistic and it sounds like maybe they just decided to say fuck realistic we're going to make it like, and we're, we're going to charge it. more money yeah we're going to charge more <laughs> money for it so i'm like on one hand that's kind of like bold i kind of like that but on the other hand and i, I mean it's not like they suddenly just like jack the price or like everybody who got the season pass give us 5 more bucks Yeah. like so, I mean, they're handling it as best they can. I want, I don't know how advantageous it's going to be for them. Like, I don't know how many people are going to, like, all of a sudden want to fork over for the season pass of a game that's like, when did that game out? Like, February? Yeah. March. March? Yeah. So, like, okay, the game is coming up on a year. Yeah. How many, people, how many people are buying season passes that far? At this point, you'd expect the season pass to be discounted about the same amount that they've raised it. I mean, here's the thing: we should have mentioned too
0: is that the game sold like crazy,
1: yeah. like well, there was nothing else. Like around it, it was
0: like the shocker. It's probably the, except for maybe like Rocket League, which was given away for free. Mm. It was probably the biggest shocker of a big seller for 2015. Dying Light. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that. I got an email from their PR department, the the company that runs their PR like a month ago, and they're like, hey, don't forget about us for Game of the Year. Remember <laughs> this game that we sold? Like, a th- I mean, it was at, like, top three MPD for, like, two or three months straight. Yep. Like, it did really, really freaking well. It was good timing. Because what I was going to say at first was, like, who even puts out DLC after a game's been out this long? And then I remembered, like, they sold a ton of copies of this game. Yeah. So maybe they do get people who would buy the season pass uh, nine months, ten months
1: after it came out? Well, if the, I mean, if, yeah, you know, I, I figure they're kind of banking on the idea that, like, you know, this this expansion's probably going to get some press. You know, because it's a pretty big change. It, ha- it
0: I mean, it hasn't really it,
1: driven a lot of hype. No, but I've heard about it, which yeah. is more than I can say for a lot of, like, you know, That's a good point. Yeah. B-list stuff that doesn't get necessarily written up, you know, yeah. after the game already comes out. You know, and people that play the game might, you know, perk up and notice it at some point. You know, it might take a while. But, like, at that point, it's going to be too late. It's already cost what it costs. Yeah, and you know, the the price of the deal, the price of the DLC expansion might be high enough that like, oh, I'll just pay an extra ten bucks, get some extra stuff for the season pass. Because the season pass did have some good stuff in it.
0: Well, basically, I think the price is going up five bucks. Yeah. From like, was it like fourteen to twenty or ten to fifteen? I think it's fourteen to twenty. Yeah. Fourteen ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. And, I mean, they're saying that it's, like, almost as big as the base game, but we've heard that
1: before. Yeah. And it's never true. But usually when people say that, they charge 50 bucks for the right, season right, pass. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, I mean, what? Well, how much was the season pass for Arkham Knight? 50 bucks. I feel like you probably have, you're probably getting more out of the uh, Dying Light I would hope so. Pass.
0: That would be probably the most disappointing season. Not surprising, but it is probably no. the most disappointing. Maybe we should have saved that for our
1: uh, Game of the Year episode. But yeah, most disappointing month- like yeah. season
0: pass. I think
1: Arkham Knight wins it hands down. And like, you'd think they would have learned after the reactions to the Arkham City stuff. But...
0: And you'd think they would have learned from the reactions to the first couple pieces of DLC they put out for this. Because yeah. look, it got the, the same opinion as the stuff for the last Arkham games did. It's not enough. It doesn't mm. add anything to the game. It's basically just, here's this character, go beat some people up. Yep. And that's exactly what the DLC has been for Arkham Knight. And the first two that came out, they got the same reviews that the last Arkham, Knight, Arkham game got. And instead of like saying, okay, well, maybe we should take our time for the next... No, they just turned them right on out. Yep. Got to move on to the next thing. Well, meanwhile, they're dealing with the whole PC of Arkham Knight, which has been a total debacle, and today they announced that uh, if you bought the Steam version of Arkham Knight, go visit your Steam library today, Sifters. You may have, like, the entire
1: Arkham catalog sitting in your Steam. Assuming you didn't already have it, because all the people who who bought the third game without playing (laughs) the other two, I'm sure that was a huge chunk of the audience.
0: Still, I will say that Warner Brothers has made the best out of an awful situation, Yeah, but they put themselves in that awful situation to begin with, so... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Warner Brothers is not on a great PC port track record. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. So, so you feel okay about this, Matt? Them increasing the price on the?
1: Yeah, I mean, Talk. I don't know. I don't know why they're doing. It. I mean, I'm sure there's a, re- a accounting reason in there somewhere, but like, I don't know. I feel like this is. It's such a strange move. That I feel like if they didn't have to do it, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I figure there's probably a good reason for it. And it's not like they're like jacking it up to like thirty or something. Yeah. It's like, no, now you now you gotta pay fifty bucks for our season 19 nineteen. Five dollars is a lot though. For what it is, yeah. It, see, you start to. But it. Math. How much, but how much is the uh how much is the actual expansion? Isn't it like fourteen bucks to begin with? Yeah, it is, yeah. That's not terrible. Yeah. But five bucks an makes five, a big difference. Yeah, but an extra five bucks for uh you know, there's a there's a substantial number of things that are already out for that season pass, so it's not like you're going to get really screwed on it. Yeah. Cuz you think about it, it's like $5
0: per purchase, and if let's say half a million people buy mm-hmm. it, like that's 2.5 million yeah. dollars that they make extra off of that. Like that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. But that's, I feel I feel like That's like the whole development team salary for like the next 6 years. Well, well I hope it's more than that, but um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how people react to it. I feel like it's not the craziest thing in the world, but I would sure love to see the, the behind-the-scenes like meetings on that one. Right, like, where they finally decided, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, we've got to do this. As opposed to just like charging more for... Because I figure like the majority of season passes they're going to sell in that game have been sold. Right, that's what I'm saying. So they're just like saying, oh, we've got to get the last few suckers just a <laughs> little more money out of them. Well, like, like we were saying earlier, I think a lot of people forgot about this game. Like, they mm-hmm. probably finished it way back when, and I think
0: maybe some of I people... I continually forget
1: about that game. It was only recently when I, uh, I had to rebuild the, uh, the database or whatever when Battlefront Crapped out on me on the store the on launch night, and of course that erases all my updates right and so it then redownloaded all the updates for the oh games God. I had installed and Dying light popped i 'm like, oh yeah, that game was like, <laughs> I remember that that was fun you know it was it was, yeah. uh, it was like a little bit like, oh, I should play that again i can 't play anything else right now, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was one of those things, but like I have good memories of it i'll, I'll pro- I think I might go back to it and chances are people who for the for the expansion I might go back to it for the expansion. yeah. And the chances are people who bought
0: it, played it, forgot about it, they haven't even followed how much, like, this costs. Yeah. And it's not like when they go to buy it, they're going to be like, hey, by the way, this is $5 more now than it was. They're just going to be like, just
1: give me $20. Yeah. So they won't be none the wiser. Yeah, if you don't have a photographic memory, you're probably not going to notice. Yeah, exactly. So, not a big story, really. It's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to, like, set the world on fire, but, like... Uh, it's an interesting. It's a precedent. One. It's a first. It's a, it's, a, it's a first, and it's one of those things where you wonder if some of the less scrupulous uh, DLC uh, providers are or sort watching. of watching. Hmm. Exactly. You yeah, know that. that's the fear.
0: That's the fear. anytime time something happens for the first time, is it somebody's going to see it as an exploit and exploit it?
1: Yeah. The only up, the upside is like you know a lot of the stuff where you really feel like the you know, like something like Arkham Knight, like you can't really charge much more for that. Yeah. Without. Oh yeah <laughs> Setting off a firestorm Yeah yeah It's like mm, It's going to be 45 now Fuck you, you know, it's like Yeah I mean, there's it's a
0: lot like... of factors In their favor One yeah. the game's kind of underground Two it's been a long time Since it came out And maybe they've weighed All that stuff And been like We could probably Get away with this maybe. It's working on us We're sitting here Being like Eh hey, no big deal
1: Well I'm kind of like mm, if I, want, I'm gonna go. I don't remember If I bought the season pass Frankly <laughs> uh, So I'm going to go back And like yeah, If I don't Maybe I'll just get it Before the 8th yeah. For 15 bucks Yeah And so, Sifters, public service
0: announcement, if you have Dying Light and you're thinking about about it,
1: do it now. Buy it now.
0: Because after the 8th, you're going to get charged five more bucks for it. Which
1: might have actually been their plan.
0: It might be. Just to create that rush of people. That could be all part of it, too. You may be right. Right in there before the end of the quarter. We're getting played like a fiddle. (laughs) (laughs) We are so easy. Yeah, apparently. All right, let's move on to the next topic of the big six. It seems like the NX news just keeps coming in a steady trickle every week. Mm -hmm. Um, This week, the big news was, and it came from this. Is it news or is it like
1: speculative, like maybe It
0: came from like this website called DigiTimes. Oh, well, who could doubt? Right, and I had like never heard of them. (laughs) So I was
1: like, well, this could be
0: just some, and this has happened in the past where people have created a website, a fake website to report a a fake news item. Yeah. And everyone goes and, like, reports on it, and then they realize, oh, it was all a ruse or whatever. So, you know, I investigated the site. It's been around for a long time. They typically report on news like this. They typically get not scoops related to Nintendo, but just technology in general. And they're kind of behind the scenes with manufacturing of electronics, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm. Um, so they seem legit, I guess, is what I was trying to get at. And so... Basically, what they said is that they've been talking to Foxcom, who has been um,
1: I don't manufacturer. The,
0: they are going to manufacture the NX, yeah. and Foxcom had told them that they were instructed to be able to produce 20 million NXs before the end of 2016. And then, basically, they they had told the website Digi Trends that there's no way in hell we can do that, but we're hoping we can get 10 to 12 million hmm. done. ...by the end of 2016. Matt, do you believe any of this?
1: I still think it's coming out next year, so... You still do or don't? I do. You do? I think they're crazy if they don't get it out next year. Even if it, it, even was if it saying, is in limited numbers.
0: Pactor was saying he really doesn't think it's coming out next year. Because he said if you follow their usual pattern of... ...announced at E3,
1: comes out 18 months later... ...they should mm. have announced it at E3 last year. Well, I think uh, the usual pattern is out the fucking window... ...for Nintendo right yeah. now. yeah. Yeah, so, they're pretty desperate. I'll do respect to Pactor because he knows a lot more about it than I do. Yeah. But um, I think next next fall, like, you have to have that thing out next. If you wait another year on that thing, like, I don't even see how you recover.
0: Well, Pactor was also saying that he thinks it's going to be the similar power to an Xbox One or a PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Is that too late for well, a machine that power? I Aren't they know. just repeating the Wii all over, here, well, Wii well, yeah, all but over here, again?
1: But here's the funny thing what if, because it's a little later. Components are a little cheaper. What if the NX is comparable in power to the other two systems, but is a little better? And of the three, it's the one that can do shit at 1080p 60 frames. Mm. What if it becomes the best platform for multi platform games? It's still so late, though. It I is mean, they, so late. They, but they just the announced PlayStation 4. But the hardcore audience would go there if they could get yeah, better performance out of it. You're right. And the word, you know, word of mouth in terms of better performance in multi-platform games has benefited PlayStation Four tremendously already. And if Nintendo can be can take over that momentum, who knows?
0: I mean, PlayStation I mean, if, Four just crossed thirty million. Yeah, I mean, I don't you know. You figure if... by this time next year they'll be at fifty. I'm
1: guessing maybe around there. Consider that by the end of last generation, PlayStation Three had beaten the Wii. Yeah, it can happen. You know, the late late ground stuff when price drops occur, and who knows what the NX will cost. But like you know, you never know. And if, it's and a hard sell though, because at that point you have
0: the software. I mean, next year for PlayStation Four is going to be an in. Maybe it may top nineteen ninety eight for the best year ever in video games. It's going to be crazy. I it mean, really is. PlayStation Four next year is just about to unleash a bevy of amazing games. I mean, and where you look, you're going to see a lot of it in the next like week when you see the Game Awards and PlayStation Experience mm-hmm. like. They gave, that's the thing, they gave up
1: this year, basically. But I still think, you know, I'm not a Nintendo cheerleader by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Even though I did get my Wii U. Oh, you finally got one. (laughs) Uh, At Target, I went at 2 You are the
0: guy. I am. There 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 were all those stories about uh, how the best-selling video game console at Target was the Wii U. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe the Wii is having this crazy, like,
1: resurgence. Well, it was the best bundle of the three, I think, if you were... Because it had Smash Brothers and Splatoon in it. It was $250. bucks. i am like, yeah, that's the right price for that. Sure. Two, two, 100, 100 bucks worth of games, $150 system, sold. So I went in at 2 a.m. and I got it. And then I got it home and I opened it up and there was dirt under the screen, under the glass. So I had to return <laughs> it and exchange it because thank you, repurposed... Uh, well, that was probably a... a Refurbished. Do you controller. think they would
0: really sell a refurbished gamepad to I Target?
1: I don't know how else dirt gets under the glass. These things are put together in clean rooms. Yeah, you know? I don't know how else that happens. But there was dirt. Uh, it was, was specks of dirt under the glass on my controller, and it was right in the middle. It was right there. Uh, and I'm like, well, do it. can't do that. So yeah. I like, so I took it back and exchanged it. The new one's fine. I'm ready for Xenoblade. Yeah, here we go. But um, so yeah, so I'm you know so I've been playing, and it, it is interesting. To get back to the you know the Nintendo feel of things you know and, and you haven't had a Wii U all this time no and it's like it's like wow the OS is really annoying uh, <laughs> but then you play oh dude you have no idea but then you play Mario Maker and it's and it's like oh yeah this feels good when, you I, have can a, no when idea, I can get a when I can get a level that doesn't say don't move at the beginning of it you like, are the beneficiary
0: of many many updates to that OS oh, yeah? like oh my gosh when it launched man it was a disaster like. I can't even imagine what it would be like to just get a Wii U now and not have fought through all the crap that was (laughs) that people have done. Well, I did have
1: to transfer everything from my Wii. Yeah uh, Which was one of the clunkiest Things I've ever had But it works It I mean it sort of It crashed halfway through doing it And I had to restart it And do it again But it worked um, right and, Well it worked It was fun to watch the Pikmin Carry things through the, the You know the giant Yeah Thing but and then at the end of it I'm just like Wait you have to pay a dollar For each of the games On the virtual console To get them over to the Yeah w- Bite me Yeah that's bull crap I mean I I did pay it for Link to the Past But I mean, let's be other than that us me It's the same me. on all the other systems as well Except for now Xbox not yeah, Obviously doesn't has do that. backwards compatibility I mean it took them long enough but like you know it's it's. there's no reason that they should ask you for that dollar it, it's just it seems a little cheap <laughs> it's, it's really petty yeah it's it's like it's like the the cheap uncle that like charges you for soda yeah you exactly know? it's, it's <laughs> like well, come on it's just dude, a quarter just give me son a Coke. it's just a quarter <laughs> give me a quarter I'm like come on that's what Nintendo was like to me there I'm like really uh, you want a dollar for the f- how many what, how many copies of fucking Super Mario World do I own at this point five yeah like, just,
0: just give it to me just, right so I saw that top that story about Target in the Wii U and how it mm-hmm. did really well, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, maybe this is like the holiday that turns the corner. It's way too late, obviously. Yeah. Maybe this is the holiday season where it finally turns a
1: corner and. Well, I think that was finally the right price.
0: Well, so then today, like all the other reports came out from all the other retailers, and basically it was like. 86% of, of console sales over Black Friday weekend were PlayStation 4 and Xbox right. One.
1: So. Well, Target's yeah. the one that had the good deal. Right, so. yeah. So and I guess that does make sense. And good for me, because I got one now. you from now, Target, yeah. Now I can play Xenoblade, and that's what I actually wanted. Yeah. So, so let's get back on the actual but topic the of the NX. Six. Uh, what I'm saying is, um, like, I think you know, Nintendo's got a shot at... Not winning But like becoming Competitive again You know Like being a player Like it could be A three way Race again And not Maybe not Overall generation But in terms of like Who might win next Christmas You know Yeah Like especially if you If you launch that thing It's got It's got a little bit more power It runs stuff better You get the third parties on board I know I'm saying A lot of what ifs But like You get that up there You get a competent online system maybe i'm maybe we should just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. but i'm saying like if you That's get a lot, get a lot of ifs. it's a lot of ifs but it's the time for nintendo to pull it together and do and do that you know this is they gotta they gotta come through on this and you get get a zelda you know if you do the twilight princess dual system launch with zelda um you know who knows i think i know <laughs> i just i just can't see it
0: matt There's just gonna be too many great games available for both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One at that
1: point. They're gonna be cheaper. By then, they'll probably have dropped at least another $50. We'll see. And then, you know, it all could become irrelevant. Because Pokemon Go might just explode in, in ways that make Nintendo not really care all that much about the console racing. I mean, I kind of hate to
0: say it, and like I think Pactor was saying that you know its best chance was that if it's just like
1: Xbox One and PlayStation Four, but I'm starting to think that maybe its best chances is that it's like it's close to mobile as possible. I think it needs to have some kind of mobile tether feature in it for sure. It has it has to combine the console and the handheld and the mobile into one kind of. Functional box that sort of makes it a kind of your hub for the Nintendo experience. Yeah. Um. Or the or the Nintendo difference, as Reggie would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was their old tagline. Yeah. But uh, I you know I think it needs to be. And uh, also going back and playing like you know, I play went back on the Wii U and I played uh, through the emulate, you know, the Wii emulator. I played uh, you know Mario World and Link to the Past and Act Razor and uh, Dracula's Curse and like a bunch of stuff I have you not know, because I haven't had the Wii hooked up. Right a long time, yeah. so I like, started playing all these old games again, and i'm just like, you know like really, I still I fervently believe that the soli- that the, the their best shot is if the nX is kind of a, a a holistic celebration of the Nintendo experience from start to finish, like if I can play just about anything that 's ever been on a Nintendo system. From 1985 to now, plus new stuff coming out for the system, like, that's what it should be. It should be the Nintendo Entertainment System. I mean, you've kind the, of been able be to box. do that. I mean, the Wii U is backwards compatible yeah, with the Yeah, but it's not universal enough. The it's Wii U is not... backwards compatible with the GameCube. I mean, that's one thing Nintendo has done well. Is But like, I'm saying not... it should all be digital. It should all be there in a right, digital library right. for you. It should all be on this box. It should be able to travel with you when you take the controller, which is the next 3DS out with you. You should be able to connect your mobile device. Pokemon Go should have extra stuff you can do when you hook it up to an NX and, and, and you, you can do other things with it. Some, I don't know what you do. At some, some point in there you should probably give us the actual console Pokemon RPG that people have wanted since yeah. 1990, damn 8. Yeah, that'd be pretty smart. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, pull out all the stops. Like, don't don't half-ass anything on this thing because you've got to get people's attention again. So let's talk about the estimates here. So, 10 to... 12, well, first of all, Nintendo allegedly
0: or reportedly wanted 20 million. That to me just seems completely ludicrous. That would be them selling double what the Wii U has sold in three years in two months. So mm. that we're not even going to address that. Let's talk about the 10 to 12 million, which is what Foxconn believes it could produce
1: again, allegedly, reportedly. So basically, yeah, well, that would be the. The maximum number of NXs you could get on the shelves by the end of 2016. Right. D- that seems insane to me, Matt. Insane in terms of optimistic? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, insanely optimistic. Better than Shortage. Yeah. Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's... you got to be optimistic if you're going to launch a whole new console. I mean, you can't just go into it assuming this going to blow too. Well, for sure, gonna it's going I mean, I understand what they're after, if this is actually true. Again, but that's a big risk. Like, I don't think I remember reading any reports about the
0: Wii U where they had, like, 10 million units available at launch. Because if they did,
1: they never had to do another production run of the Wii U. <laughs> well, I, I heard <laughs> Think they, about that. I don't know. I, I heard that they did stop making the actual systems a while ago. So.
0: I haven't seen any of
1: that, but I would... Uh, Say that that's probably completely true. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if any more Wii U the controllers maybe, but I don't know if any more Wii U systems are actually going to be manufactured than already exist in the world. I don't know why they would. Right. Um, I mean, after this, that's holiday, another reason I got it when I did because it was like at some point these things are going to disappear. Right. I mean, if they had enough demand to
0: get them through this holiday, they don't really need much more than that. I mean, they no, probably need another half million Wii U's for whenever Zelda comes out. Hmm. So I'm guessing that's about how many systems they'll move yeah, total because of that
1: game. Especially if it's if, also on the scenario, NX. best case scenario, actually. Well, especially if it's also on the NX. Right. You, you know, I
0: don't yeah, know. I mean, look, sales of the GameCube didn't go yeah. berserk when Twilight Princess came out. Although, so.
1: when that does come out for both systems, I highly... If you're a specular, if you like to collect games, whatever... Uh, buy a Wii U version and keep it sealed. Yeah. Because that's that's going to be much rarer than the NX version. It's just like the GameCube
0: version of GameCube, Twilight oh, oh, Princess. Twilight
1: Princess on GameCube gets a bonus because you can use an actual controller with it. Right. And because it's flipped. Yeah. You know? And I expect that game will lose some of its value once the HD version comes out for the Wii U because you think? Well because that's the GameCube version. So yeah. now you can play it e- more easily. Right. Um but I do think because, you know, like you say, I think the Wii U version of Zelda U will sell much less because people will have moved on to the new system. Uh, that will be a collector's item later on.
0: And actually, going back to what we were saying earlier about is it better to have too much supply. Go back and remember the Wii. Remember how hard it was to get the Wii oh, yeah. for the first, like, six months. Yeah. And so I would say... That it actually maybe is better to have a bit of a shortage because you create this, like, hysteria around the product where parents, there's videos on YouTube of parents fighting over the last one on the shelf and, like, all these re- anecdotal reports on
1: social media about, oh, I'm going here to get it, and, oh, I found them over here, come and get it, like... Yeah, but you can't really manufacture that, I don't think. Like, it's, it, you know, that, that they legitimately ran out of wheeze Right, why right. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we underproduced just because, you know, it, I, I think... The demand, you know, they sold out because the demand was already there. I think the, de- you know, people were fighting over them because the demand was already but you there. Know what, the I don't Wii, think you can artificially create that demand. The we didn't sell 10 million units in
0: two months and no. launch. Like, and that was a straight-up phenomenon. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a video game system in my whole life, and I've seen them all like that. Where not just, like, my gamer friends were like, I can't find, like, every, my mom calling me, being like, hey... Aunt Joni is like really trying to get this for like her nephew or whatever. Can you get? And I, I literally called Nintendo and asked them if I could buy systems, and they did. They sold me systems, hmm. but they're like, this is for work, right? And they were like, and the funny part was, like, we thought the Wii was going to be so huge at GT because it was. It was like it came out, and it was just like this phenomenon, and like we had Nintendo sent us one, yep. one, same. And we're staring down the barrel of the next five or seven years of, like, the biggest console ever, maybe, at that point, people were saying. And I fully thought that it might be... For the the next two years, it sure looked like it. I thought it might be the case. And so we ordered, like, five Wiis from Nintendo. And we paid, like, retail price for them and whatnot, but they did get them for us so that we didn't have to, like, try to track them down to stores. And those four Wiis sat in my office untouched for, like, (laughs) five
1: years. Because there was never, despite how popular it was, there was never enough games coming out for now, it. Well, also, the, the vast majority, and I don't know how they didn't learn this or understand this, but the vast majority of people who bought that system played Wii Sports and Wii Play. Most, most of yep. those systems never saw another game Come out of it. It, right. it was a Wii bowling machine. It sat on top of the television or whatever. No one ever touched it again. Or like, Netflix. A lot I would you use
0: it for Netflix? Well, I would
1: love to know. I'm sure we'll never find out, but I would love to know what percentage of Wii's never played anything except those two games. Yeah. Because if you look at how me- that, that install base and then something like Mario Galaxy comes out, which is like the best reviewed Mario since Mario 64. Yeah. And, and was the best Mario yeah. since Mario 64. And it sold like 10 million copies. With a user install base of over a hundred million, yeah, and it's like how you know, and, and it that, took
0: it a long time to get to that. It 10 took a long million. time. It took years yeah. to get
1: to that, and it's like how does like right there, like that's a problem. Yeah, like, that's that a problem. It's a problem in terms of like trying to see your audience, audience as your install base, but like. The thing was, the people who have always been fans of Mario, people who have always been there, us, you know, the, the, the gamers were there, they're the ones that bought that game. Yeah. And that's about the right number of people you know, in terms of how large you think that gaming audience is. That's about right. Yeah. But then they didn't seem to understand that that audience was the only thing that was going to come back to them for the next system. They, the Wii U, they really seemed to expect the people that made Wii a big fad to I guess by even though it the had been one. already irrelevant for like two and a half yeah, years, yeah, no one, had, no one, it was not a thing anymore, and <laughs> yeah. like no one, like it was like they didn't understand that they they had a core audience, but they decided to s- sort of go after the same grandmas and stuff. Their problem like, was the audience that they had with the Wii was not the type of audience as loyal. No, like, and we've actually well, they're not even, game players. They're the not, other thing
0: too is that like honestly, gamers just really aren't that loyal because look at how many people had Xbox 360 as their per- first console last gen. Most Mm -hmm. people. Like, that was the console they had, at least for the first three years. Eventually, maybe they got a PlayStation 3 to play the exclusive games from Sony or whatever. But the first sign
1: of trouble for Xbox One, those people jumped ship. Mm -hmm. Like, immediately... People want the best experience, you know. Yeah. Look at how many look at how many people get old enough to make some actual money, start building a PC, you know, gaming PCs, and never look back. Yeah, because that's the best experience for them. It's true. You're it's, absolutely you know, right. Like that, and there, and we're very mercenary about that. You know, there's there's not a lot of there's loyalty in the sense like, oh yeah, I love Zelda, I love Halo, I love all that stuff. But when it comes down to like, oh well, do you want to like put five hundred dollars down on that love? Right. Well, yeah. I'd rather just have the thing that runs better. You yeah, know? like it's it's a. It's a technological argument at the end.
0: I don't think the Wii would have sold 10 million even if they had the supply in two months. Like, I just, I don't think it's possible.
1: I think the audience might have gotten bigger, but, like, that is the most optimistic uh, estimate I have ever heard of. It's insane, which makes like me that. actually Especially call into question. with the competition question. of the other two systems on top of it.
0: And it makes me call into question the whole report. Because, to me, that is just so out of bounds. Like, if they had said 5 million or something, or 5 to 7, mm. I'd be like, wow, Nintendo's counting on it doing pretty well. That would actually, like, get me excited. I'd be like, wow, Nintendo really thinks they got something here. If it's going to, like, sell better than the first Wii. But, to me, the 10 to 12 million, it just sounds like it's been pulled out of its butt. The 20 million is well, just... Well,
1: I don't know. I mean, if, if you want those all by the end of 2016, that doesn't necessarily mean you want them... You know, all at once, it means like that's your stock till probably the middle of twenty seventeen. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you're not going to stop producing them. Well, you like... do. You keep producing them, but there's a lag time on that. You know, yeah. they, they want they want enough for launch. They want enough for the holiday season. They want enough for the post holiday. But then you you know you've got the rest of the order can kind of come in later in twenty seventeen. I mean, those, those ten to twelve million are going to last a long time. Remember, I, remember, I would think they were like, well, well, they also remember, three also remember, years like, if you're talking about the Wii U. Well, remember, they do, they don't like instantly go in a box and get shipped to shelves. I mean, like right. the, the Wii U I just bought, which is a bundle that came out, you know, last week, uh, the manufacture date's like like March or yeah. something. You know, it's like, it t- they, they... Or they took apart old Wii U's and repackaged it this, in the bundle. The system seems... New to yeah. me, but the that first controller, game that game pad, I think was a Frankenstein. Joke. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know how else you get dirt under that screen. Yeah, so I think we both agree that this is a bunch of hogwash. Um, I wouldn't bet money. I mean, on you still it, think no. it's coming out next year? I think it's coming out next year. I, don't know I would say that's fifty fifty. I don't know. If it's ten to twelve million coming out next yeah. year. Yeah. But, again, I'm, you know that could be just like how the man, you know, maybe you want all your units, you know, the units that come out and launch November or whatever might have been made in July, and they have to keep producing 10 to 12 million by the end, because those 10 to 12 million is going to carry over to, like, next June. Yeah. You know, so it could be just, you know, it sounds like a ridiculous number to us, but maybe they're only going to have about 5 million out by that holiday season i would say this i would
0: love to see nintendo's next console send it sell 12 to 10 to 12 million in the first two months it's available like that would just just good for the industry nintendo a good healthy nintendo is good for everybody
1: yeah i don't want to see an industry with no nintendo yeah i don't either so that would be great i just don't think that that's the case i still say 50 50 on whether it even comes out next year um i think if you don't have i mean i'm not going to necessarily disagree with a 50 50 idea but i still think if you don't get that thing out next year you're buried You're you're pre-buried. You can't
0: really get more buried than they are right now, though. It can always get worse.
1: Yeah. That's that's the thing we should have learned by now. (laughs) That's a good point.
0: A life lesson learned from Game (laughs) Face on Sifted.net right there, everybody. All right, let's move on to the last topic of the Big Six. Here's another game I've been playing about 15 to 20 hours into this game. Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U. Probably one of the system's last great hurrahs. Mm-hmm. Um, this game has been shown since the day the Wii U was announced, I believe. took a while. It took a long while. And I gotta tell you, now that I'm playing it, I totally see why. Uh, the game is just gigantic on pretty much every conceivable level. Um, it, I... <laughs> Here's the thing about this game, Matt. <laughs> I have a million things I want to say about this game, but I think what's what's most important is that I don't feel like this game was made for adults. Hmm. For a number of reasons, the first reason is the story. Story. It might. It might. It, for my personal taste, it like might as well not even be there. Like, is it like standard JRPG like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's made for, like, 12- and 13-year-old boys. And look, we don't have any of those on Sifted. Like, everybody's at least 18 on Sifted. You have to be, or you can't even register without a credit card. So, you know, for our audience and the people that are watching this show, like, I would just say right off the top, like, it's a J- it is a JRPG. I mean, you're right. That's a good way to put it.
1: Is you know,
0: a lot did of. Did JRP- you play the
1: last one? I did.
0: Yeah, I didn't finish it. I never got even. Yeah, close but the to story it. on
1: that, I didn't think was the most like amazing thing. It was pretty bog standard. I would well. say
0: it's better than this one, though. Ouch. Yeah, the writing in this game is pretty poor. I the, the, even you know
1: Treehouse is pretty good with this localizations. Although I think Eight Four Play
0: did the localization for this. Yeah, it was
1: the people that did Nier, I think, uh, which Near was a good uh, localization. I thought. Yeah, for the most part.
0: And the, there's, it's not that the localization is bad. It's just that
1: the whole setup and the story and the characters are just—it's a teenage fantasy. I mean, it's—that's kind of what I expect from that genre, though. I mean, JRPGs sort of hone in on that sort of sixteen-year-old chosen one thing, and the village burns down, and the bad guy shows up, and you got to go across the world, and you get your mech, and you—it's you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. You know, I'm, I'm more interested in the uh, in the mechanics, the gameplay, the, the the exploring the world, doing the things. You know. Dressing, dressing in the clothes and wearing the, the mech suits, really. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: point. so well, okay. Well, I don't want to go straight to talk about the mechs yet, but so here's the thing. I, I think I mentioned last week on the show when I had just started playing it that it was really complicated. The mm-hmm. gameplay was complicated.
1: The battle system was complicated. Like and the reviews all bear that out so far. I actually haven't read a ton of reviews. I've read most of them, and a lot of them say, you know, it's it varies. Like I think you know, some of them ding it for like, oh, it's got all these unexplained systems, and then some of the others are like. Yeah, they're a little a little obscure in how the systems work, but the game's so long, you have plenty of time to figure out how it works. No, so, that's but, totally my perspective.
0: Yeah. So at first when I started playing it, I was like, this is a disaster. Because there's like all these little things that are like popping up on the screen while you're playing. You're like, wait, what the hell is that? Like, what does that mean? And like, at first it was really frustrating. And I was like, oh man, they just threw me in the deep end. They didn't explain enough about all this stuff. But then you keep playing it, and you start to realize like, the game is really grindy. Like, you fight stuff a lot in this game. I mean, in the same stuff. Mm. over. It's like, you know, they've done a very good job marketing this game and showing the different creatures, but you fight a lot of the same creatures over and over again, and it's like you said, it's 100% right. Like, it needs to be this deep and complicated to sustain the game for as long as it is. And I'm 15 or 20 hours in, Matt, I still have not got a mech. <laughs> Think about that. That's a long I time mean, to not have a robot. I would say, I would say that that is probably the thing they marketed the most in this game is the mech, mm-hmm. and they're called Skells. It's the thing that they show in every trailer. You're in the mech. Here's a big. Here's a hangar full of mechs. Get in your mech. Go out into the sky and shoot in your mech. I still don't have a mech, Matt.
1: <laughs> Are there, have you seen Mechs? Have they been? Yeah, they, I mean yeah. I've seen them. They're there. Just teased. They're in the world. Yeah, but I've
0: not got one, and there hasn't even been like a hint yet, at like a mission that I need to complete to like get one. Or so. Do you feel like you've missed your Mech, or have you just not
1: gotten there yet?
0: No, I think it's pretty impossible to, like, miss stuff Mm -hmm. in this game. Like, they do lead you along pretty well. They don't explain the battle system well enough, but they do lead you along pretty well. And so I don't feel like I've, like, just missed a mission that I was supposed to tackle or anything. Like...
1: Seems like that would be a pretty big sort of. It's a huge date. deal. Yeah, I
0: mean, like they should be funneling me toward. They should have like I feel
1: Well, I feel like it's like you, you know, it's probably like I figure there's probably like the game sort of in thirds in that regard, where it's like you've got the on foot part, you've got the you've, I've got a mech part, and then we got I the, you've got the I've got a mech that can fly part. Right. Because it's sort of like like um, Final Fantasy usually does. You start yeah. on foot, then you get some kind of rover thing, and then you get the airship, and, right. and then I can go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's probably the same thing. I mean, this is very formulaic. I mean. It is a
0: JRPG, and, you know, I just, I guess what I really wanted to talk about in this topic with the two of us is grinding, mm. in general. Like, like, I feel like I've reached a point in my life where I just,
1: I can't enjoy it anymore. I think, for me, it depends on um, what I'm doing. Like, uh, if the gameplay, if the battle system is fun... No problem playing it a lot. I felt that's how I felt about you know, the first one. The first Xenoblade but Chronicles was like that too. But fun battle
0: systems like it can only last so long. Like that's why I didn't finish the Last Xenoblade. Like I got, I think I've got to like 35 hours into it, and I wasn't nothing new was being introduced
1: mm-hmm. to it at that point. Well, I've been through Xenoblade uh, Chronicles. the first one. I went through it on the Wii, and then I'm like I got about halfway through it on the on the 3DS. And wow! While I was, and actually, while I was uh, sitting around after the Wii U, I got the Wii U, and I was just waiting for Xenoblade Chronicles X. And so yesterday and the day before, I actually uh, loaded it up on Dolphin uh, and put in the ultra, the original H- one, the, the lab, original, yeah. the ultra HD texture packs and all that stuff, and loaded it up. And now it's in like four, you know 1440p and like all, <laughs> and I'm, So I started a new game of it, just running around oh, like wow. seeing all this stuff. And I, I love the game. I love the game. I love the battle system. I like the. I like that they have like British voice actors that are like yeah. nobody i 've ever heard before, yeah, so it's yeah. not like Troy Baker and the same fifteen people again yeah. and all this and you know, and yes, you hear the same thing over and over again' so like, you know it is Rhine time a little more often than it should be, yeah, but um I just love it. I love the, the 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 aesthetic I like the world, I mean, I know it's all different in this one, yeah so like I'm hoping that like the battle system on the new one will suck me in the same way the old because I, I don't have a lot of patience for grind if it 's not something i 'm enjoying doing like. Uh, I stopped playing the the Platinum uh, Transformers game real early when it became clear that one of the main elements of the game you have to perform is you have to grind the weapon upgrade stuff constantly yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just endless digging through trash items to like grind it all into the weapons you want to use and at a certain point I'm just like I don't I no, I I'm, I'm yeah. not. I I, <laughs> I I got this game because I thought it'd be like transforming and running people over and, and you know and I, you know peeling out on people's faces with Optimus Prime. I didn't think I was going to be playing like a menu game. Yeah, or, yeah. Like if I want to no, play I this,
0: kind of cut off. Guard if I want to too. play
1: this, I'd play Football Manager. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> At least that has some kind of payoff. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like th- you're going to love this game, Matt. Is what I'll say mm-hmm. based
0: upon what you just told me. You're going to love it because it is. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I mean, it it has a lot of the uh, same... Ten. There, right, there's, yeah, exactly. There are tweaks. That's how big it is. Right, it's, right. It's the next nine installments. Yeah. Hell in one. I mean, there are tweaks to the combat, but it is still predominantly the mm. same. The atmosphere is kind of the same. Um, it is grindy, just like the last one was. And, and look, I know there's an audience of people out there who love these games and love JRPGs, but... I mean, I feel like you've seen... One, you've seen the developers and the publishers go away from it. Like, Square mm-hmm. Enix doesn't make games like this anymore. Like, Final Fantasy isn't like this anymore. For a reason. Yep. Japan, you yeah, know... Actually, the first one reminded me of Final Fantasy XII more than I think Exactly. It was. Final Fantasy XII was crazy grindy. Yep. But it was the last crazy grindy Final Fantasy game. Like, I just... I feel like time has passed this game by, Matt. And, like... Possibly. I'm playing it and I'm enjoying it. I don't expect this game to sell that well. I think max by the time it's all said and done, it gets to like 1.5 million. I think it's on the wrong
1: system to sell anymore. Because,
0: I mean, look, it is really the pinnacle of that genre of games. It is the most polished, well-produced, lengthy, beefy, meaty, whatever you want to call it, example of that genre. It is... Probably the best one ever made for a grindy JRPG. But I just really question whether people want these games anymore. And again, I know there is an audience that there's some people who will only play these games. And there's people who have their Vita just to play these games. There's people who import games from Japan just to play these games. That's all they want to play. But when you're talking about the preponderance of people who buy and play video games, I just don't feel like this is one that's going to resonate with them. And so after a three year Promotional cycle and build up for this game, like, I just really
1: fear it's going to land with a thud. I pretty much agree with you. I just don't care because I want it. Right. Like, because I'm one of the people you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I actually have drifted away from JRPGs in, in recent years where, like, they just stopped making the kind I liked. And I, the ones I liked the most were the ones that predate Final Fantasy VII, which to me ruined the genre for many, many years. They, it used to, you know, JRPGs used to be structured like novels. They were very large, very sprawling. They had a very you know, clear arc uh, throughout, and like they, they kind of covered a, a very similar kind of structure. And then Final Fantasy VII uh, had a structure that was much more like an anime series. And also here's the other and, thing, I, and, and, and everybody... everything started everything started like following that. And you had it took years and years for people to break away from that. It, and you know Suikoden was like the only saving grace of the genre for me for that period yeah. of time. And like Skies of Arcadia games were like. Games where it was okay for the characters to have fun. Where it was like, hey, this is kind of an awesome adventure. Let's have a good time. Skies of Arcadia captures that better than anything else. For sure. That's a good point, yeah. And I missed that for a long time. So, like, you know, I got tired of sort of the, we're going to make a JRPG, but it's actually just like, you're going to play the same, you know. I got tired of stuff like Final Fantasy VIII or whatever, where it's like, you know, 40 hours into that game, you're doing the exact same thing you were 40 hours before. It's just the numbers are bigger, and you're waiting for the stupid story to finish. You see, don't I even... feel like
0: that with this game, too. And, like, I felt like that way with the Lazino Blade Chronicles. Like, for me, there was a breaking point. I talked to you about this off camera. I think it was yesterday, actually. We were waiting for Tony to get here. That I played Tales of Symphonia for, like, mm-hmm. 64 hours. And then... I looked back and I was like, "What the hell did I just do? I just did the same thing over and over." I mean, once you get to like the twenty-hour mark in that game, like it's all Mm -hmm. laid bare. You have all the systems, all. I never finished the whole parties
1: there. I love the Tales games, but I never finished that one. And I went
0: on for another forty hours, and I, you know, this goes back to our the topic we did on guilt. (laughs) <laughs> and how there's the other kind of guilt. Like, there's the guilt that we talked about was, like, when you do stuff in games, it makes you feel guilty. But there's the other kind of guilt where you feel guilty for playing a video game. And I hardly ever get that, man. Because I always look at it like, well, I could be watching TV or I could be watching a movie like other people do. But JRPGs, it's the one genre where I actually do sometimes feel guilty for spending so much time on them. Because... They move so slow. The story, again, like, I feel like the story's made for me when I was 12, and, like... Mm-hmm.
1: I feel guilt playing this game, and, like... I, I think it's just, for me, when I get to that point, I just stop. And, and like, I can't, though. I'm, like, evaluating the game, right. and so... You know, it's,
0: it's the other part of it, too, is, you know, I'm working on Sifted, and so I literally account for, like, every minute or every hour of my time. Like, and it's mapped out when I get up. I got to do this for three hours. I got two hours to do this. I got another call to do with Brent about that, Like, and so, you know, once the wife goes to sleep at night, I'm like, okay, I got three hours to play this game so I can get five hours of sleep to get up and do it all over again. So when I'm sitting there and I've played for three hours and I'm doing the same shit, Three hours later, that I was doing when I started that, like, it's tough. It's what? hard for me to
1: rationalize doing it. Well, I think it depends kind of what appeals you, what kind of, you know, what hooks you. What, you know, and I think there's certainly. There, and I J- do have that gene because well, I, well, let's, well, yeah. let's
0: be honest. Like, either you have
1: like that grinder gene right. or you don't. Well, it's like some people it, look, will put I, up with it for an hour. Well, and some, some things, you know, some games, some JRPGs will hook me with their, their battle system. Zendelblade did. I felt like there was enough. Um, there was enough, like, variety in how you had to approach certain enemies. I couldn't just autopilot. That's, that's what what pulls me out of those things, is when it hits the point where I'm either so powerful or the, the enemies are so blah that, like, you can just, like, hit X over and Look, over. Look, I will say this has been balanced so far. Right. Like, I have not, not got to the place where
0: I'm just one-hitting, like, enemies or anything.
1: But, like, you know, like, to some people, like, that kind of battle system idea is, like, what really gets them interested and keeps them, their attention. Uh, whereas, like, for me, like... Once I hit like the tenth hour of like Call of Duty, like I'm just shooting the guys in the head. Yeah. Like you know, it's it's you know what you what you end up considering like the grind that isn't worth your time is a very personal.
0: I game, guess you're I right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and so
1: there's some people that this game is going to be the a godsend, and some people that are just gonna be like I I've just, I've done it. I know. I it's like I I I feel like I, you know it's very easy to play this genre and feel like you at some point master the gameplay that the, that the game is offering up. And some of them are better than others. About it. I think Xenoblade is one of the better ones. I think there's games like, you know, some of the lesser Final Fantasies or like, uh, you know, some but of... I see, look,
0: I could even go back and play the old 2D Final Fantasies, the 16-bit Final Fantasies. Oh, but, but those are great. Those are right, great Right, but what I'm saying is like, I can play those now as an adult and the stories don't offend me. Right. right. Like, I don't feel like that they were made for 13-year-old boys, like... They're timeless, like a Disney cartoon.
1: Well, it's because this, stru- like I said, the structure. It was a novel structure. It was a structure of an epic tale. It was a structure of an epic novel. Whereas, like somewhere in the mid '90s, mainly centered around Final Fantasy VII, the structure changed to seasons of anime episodes. And yeah. if you look at, if you analyze the narrative structure of Final Fantasy VII and the games that, that copy it. It's very much, it was very influenced by Evangelion. It was very influenced by the, that was the big show at the time in Japan. And like, that's what it was. It was this journey of this kind of mopey character that doesn't, you know. And everyone remembers Cloud as like kind of this mopey emo guy, but he wasn't in in that game. He was actually kind of like a a badass. And like, but no one remembers that because the meat of the character arc was sort of this self-discovery journey and this realization of self-delusion. And that's what people attach to that character, and so to the point that in Advent Children, Cloud actually is depicted like You're that. right, yeah, absolutely. But he's not—he's not that in the game. He's actually pretty goofy most of the time, especially early on. He's—he's he's got a sense of humor, and yeah. people forget that because the—the the structure of that game storytelling is so oppressive and so episodic, and it just never seems to go anywhere. The only things you remember are the main—the main—you know—the main hits, you hits, know. Yeah. And like you look at something even that was contemporary which was and 2*, which is told I mean it's practically you know in comparison structurally it's practically Tolstoy yeah. I mean it's like a Russian novel it yeah, goes right. you know you start in this thing and everything changes and everything goes out in a crazy town and like you know you know, nations are invaded and and loyalties change and alignments switch and at the end it all comes back down to these two guys that have been through all this hell and are years older and there's a catharsis at the end of that and that's not there in kind of the mainstream sort of like we're appealing to the anime crowd uh, yeah, games I get, I get Final no Final feels 7. from this game at all so far. Like, See, none. Like, it, like, it just feels
0: like empty calories. I guess that's the best way to put it. And like, I'll tell you
1: this, like, I haven't run into a game, of, a JRPG, that, that made me feel like the stories and stuff like Suikoden or Fantasy Star or, um, or even Shadow Hearts made yeah, yeah. me feel uh, in forever. Xenoblade didn't yeah, you know, Chronicles didn't do that for me. I mean, yeah. I liked the characters in Xenoblade Chronicles, but there's nothing particularly special about the story. And again, know. that's another reason why I never
0: managed to finish
1: the game. And I mean I would I'd be lying if I the reason Xenoblade Chronicles ex- appeals to me right now is because all the footage I've seen of this thing is dr- jaw droppingly beautiful. It is, yeah, it's and a very and,
0: pretty game. And like I said, it's very like I said, it is the pinnacle yeah.
1: of this genre. And I mean, I'm, and I'm you know it's I, very polished. It's and I love the, the battle, production values are incredible. I love the combat enough in the first game that like I'm trusting these guys to do it again. Yeah, basically. I mean, I don't expect the story to blow me away. I've already seen what all the outfits look like. They look like some kind of weird, you know, <laughs> fetishized thing half the time. And sometimes it just looks like somebody played too much Fantasy Star Online.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. You know, I'm not expecting the narrative to blow me away. I want I want to dig into game mechanics and be held by that for about 70 hours. Well, that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I I guess in closing on this topic, I would just say that... I
0: should note that I have not played a second of this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say that, contrary to most games, this is actually a game where you are getting exactly what you think you're going to get from it. Hmm. It is a massive JRPG that you need to dedicate a ton of time to. It is very slow to reward, There's a lot of grinding. But like I said, it is probably the gold standard for the genre. And honestly, it may... Certainly in this generation. Yeah, I mean if you're talking about, like, modern technology and stuff mm. like that, like, are you going to find another grindy JRPG with these production values? I and can't think of one. That's what I'm saying. I can't saying. even think of one in development. Like, it... That's what I'm saying. Like, it may end up being, like, the final gold star standard because a lot of the JRPGs that are being produced now are being produced by
1: small teams with small mm. budgets and, like... And I don't even know what to call Final Fantasy 15. I don't either. It looks like some kind of Kingdom Hearts. Production. I mean, it's really nothing like this. No. So...
0: You know, I I hate to ever say, like, you're getting exactly what you think, but this is really a case where you're getting exactly what you think you're getting with Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, and I know the game comes out in a couple days, and some of you may be teetering on the edge, wondering whether you should go plunk down the money Mm -hmm. for it. If you love games like
1: this, if you love JRPGs, go buy it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did actually go through all the reviews that were curated on Sifted and other places, and, like... The, the constant threat is if you have even a little bit of interest in JRPGs, you have to play this game. Yeah. I like, don't know
0: if I would go that far. But...
1: Um, well, some, I mean, it varies. But, like, you know, there, I mean, to the point that there are some reviews saying, like, hey, go buy a system for it. Wow. And um, I don't know. If I, you're, like, I, the I, world's I kinda, biggest JRPG I mean, fan, frankly, I could understand Frankly, that. frankly I yeah. kind of did. Yeah, I guess you did. I mean, I'm certainly I wanted Mario Maker and Bayonetta and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah. But the thing that you know, those are just fringe benefits. Yeah, the thing that finally <laughs> pushed me to go get it was Xenoblade. Well, I love hopefully
0: it. that holds true for Nintendo because they've been banking on this game for a long time.
1: It did not do well in Japan. I by feel the way. like I am not particularly representative of the gaming population <laughs> as a whole. I feel like <laughs> I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm just spending going to spend the rest of my life trying to recapture <laughs> Fantasy Star Two. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's why we're a good match for this show because I kind of
0: and more, like, in line with the common man, hmm. you are kind of more with, like, the niche folks. I think that's why we're a good combo in the show works You're, you're right. saying I'm the bigger nerd. That could be... Hey, yeah, I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd, too, man. I would never say I'm not a nerd. Yeah, so. but you can talk football. <laughs> that, that balances. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I would say if you... If you thought you were going to like this game, you're going to like this game. It's pretty much exactly what you expect. If you've been watching all the media for this game and you're kind of like, meh, it's meh for you. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to like this game. I think Matt is going to love this game. And I think you'll be glad he bought a Wii U for it. And again, I hope that that's true. I hope a lot more people
1: go and buy the Wii U for it. But... My only concern is I am very impatient when it comes to robot suits. Yeah, well, <laughs> you better be patient then. <laughs> I mean, the game did pretty much tank in Japan. I'm ready. Which no, is me. pretty
0: crazy if you think about it. I mean, it is a JRPG through and through. It
1: really seems like it should have a better... I don't know. Maybe people just don't want consoles over there anymore. Um, I think that's definitely true. It seems like handhelds are the only thing doing well these days. So. And I will also say this, just having actually set up the Wii U. Uh, the Wii U takes up a lot of real estate. What do you mean? Both in the sense like You've got the console You've got the bar You've got the I mean it's footprint Yeah yeah, just in terms of How much space it takes up In the living room Like it's a lot And I'm I'm in a space uh, Conscious place like Japan Where you don't have That much room Stack your
0: gamepad On top of the system That's
1: what I do I can't reach it you just go and grab it, slide it off? That's what I do. Anyway. I'm much lazier than that. I don't, I don't, I don't, there we go. <laughs> you want to sit really close to your TV then? Oh, no. I, I have a chaise lounge where all the controllers sit.
0: Ah,
1: Being nice. able to turn consoles on with the controller is like one of the greatest things that's happened in the last <laughs> 10 years for
0: me. All right. So we're about to move to our trailer of the week. Right now is a good time for you guys to get in questions for Matt and I to answer at the end of the show. Um, by the time this trailer is finished running, we should be able to have a couple queued up and ready to answer them for you, but keep them coming. We will answer until they kind of peter out and there's no more relevant questions to uh, to reply to. So, we're just one guy asking the
1: same questions over and over. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: Well, that's fine. I yeah. mean, some people want us to answer their questions and it is hard when we're trying to be conversational yeah, and read it runs questions fast. at the same time. Yeah, so send in your questions right now. Um, the trailer of the week this week is pretty long, so it'll give you some time to get them in before so it overcomes the delay. And our trailer of the week this week is for a very Japanese game, and with the mm-hmm. Japanese theme, this show has kinda had a little bit of a Japanese flair to it. Um and it is for Attack on Titan. Matt, have you yet seen the Attack on
1: Titan film that came out? Oh no. No, no, no. You haven't? Like no. I saw the trailers for that. I thought the trailers looked awesome. I've seen the uh I've seen the show and yeah. read some of the manga. Uh, my girlfriend is much more into it than I am actually. Yeah. Uh, and she refused to see the movies really? because she thought they looked terrible. They did air here in, um, or they
0: did, they were in theaters here. in They ran in uh, LA limited
1: engagements. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, they, it's a, it's a different setting. The characters are all different, and like, well, apparently
0: was, the movie was awful, like uh, terrible,
1: awful. That's what I hear. Yeah, but so
0: Koei Tecmo is making a game based on it, and it actually looks a little bit like a cross between Monster Hunter and Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, they put out a new trailer this week, just kind of an overview trailer. Uh, I was really impressed with it. Hopefully, you guys will be too. This is the latest trailer for Attack on Titan. <laughs>
2: 一体軌道を駆使し巨人に立ち向かえウイハータイから背後を強襲各個の人劇
0: Oh, so the game looks a lot better than the movie.
1: Yes, that's based <laughs> on the anime. It's, it's a much... They, they picked the right side on that one. I think, I think they picked the right developer for it, too. Omega yeah. Force. It actually reminds I can't remember the name of the game, but they, they, did, a, they did a recent uh, game. A couple of them. like began the with a T, like Takeo or something like that. It was, it was a very flying around... doing. I feel like they are probably basing some of that on the same tech it's the same tech of the same engine or something interesting got any questions for us yet uh, let's see uh, Netflix asks Shane I'm headed to the Game Awards tomorrow if I see you can I get a picture of course you
0: can oh yeah man <laughs> uh, for sure if um, you see me just come up holler I'll buy you a drink I promise it would be awesome if I run into any of you sifters at the show tomorrow if any of you guys are going and you see me feel free to come up and uh, say hello let's have a beer together clink a couple drinks um, should be a good night um, yeah, if anybody sees me at the show, or anywhere, anytime, hmm. never hesitate to come up and say hello. Like, I'm totally cool with it. My wife is totally cool with it. She doesn't care. She's flattered by it sometimes. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, if you ever see me anywhere, feel free to come up to me and say hello, and I'll, I'll do whatever you want, as long as it's illegal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cheater Hater asks, with the oversaturation of open world games this year, what would have happened if Zelda Wii U had come out this year?
0: Nothing like as far as like being detrimental to zelda like lost in the shuffle i guess i don't think so i mean it's zelda yeah zelda will never ever be lost in the shuffle even though it's an open world game it would never be clumped in with all the other open yeah. world games it would
1: always be its own beast oh know. yeah
0: and i'm sure that they're not gonna it's not gonna be like grand theft zelda like i don't think you're gonna <laughs> be like like horse jacking people and like stealing their horse or anything uh I think it's going to have its own flair and it's going to be kind of their own take and their own spin on open world games so I honestly don't think it would have affected the sales of Zelda at all. I think you know people who are going to buy Zelda are going to buy Zelda and a lot of people would probably buy Zelda over a game yeah, like Yeah, I, I think 3. Zelda's
1: pretty crowd proof. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree
0: as well. Uh, let's um, see.
1: Wilson108 asks do you think sites like Twitch will have an impact on how games are advertised and consumed in the future? Oh, yeah. I mean, it already, it already is. is. Yeah, Ask the Five Nights at Freddy's guy about Yeah, that.
0: exactly. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw or not, but to kind of go back to the Game Awards, uh, they're doing a really crazy thing with the Game Awards. So it's streaming on Xbox Live, and before they announce the winner of each award, you can vote on which game you think is going to win the award. And then if you do, you, like, earn points or whatever... But also in that same interface as they like introduce games or certain games are nominated for things, you're gonna be able to click on a link on Xbox Live and go get like a a flash discount on that game like right then. Hmm. So you're starting to see how live streaming is starting to get tied into the whole marketing thing and how money's starting to be generated from it. That's a really smart idea, by the way, if that yeah. was something that Jeff came up with. Um But look, streaming is huge. They're still trying to figure out ways to make money off of it, because the problem is like With streaming, you don't have TV commercials. I mean, sure, when you first log on to a lot of streams, like you watch that video ad or whatever, but then you really don't ever watch one again. And with television, you know, unless you DVR something, you're forced to watch that commercial every 10 to 11 minutes or however long your blocks are. And they gotta find a way to monetize live streaming the same way that they've monetized television. Because let's be honest, like, eventually television is gonna go away Mm-hmm. And all we're going to have is like live streaming and live entertainment online. And so they're still in the early stages of trying to figure out how that's all going to work, how they're going to make money, how they're going to be profitable. Um, and I think Jeff, it takes people like Jeff to figure it out, someone who has a lot at stake. It's like me trying to figure out the subscription model for video game websites. Like when you have skin in the game, you bust your ass trying to figure out how to make it work. That's why we have the referral program on Sifted. That's why we have Gifted. Because when your ass is on the line when you're doing something, like, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, they say. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Keeley was like, I need to generate more money because you don't make money off of YouTube unless you're serving, like, billions of videos. Like, I think I've said it before. You have to serve a million videos on YouTube to get paid $1,000 from YouTube. So, Jeff looking at it, I think what was the numbers that he tossed around last year? Like, 15 million people watched or something? That seems high. I think that was the number that was tossed around across all platforms. All and platforms everything.
1: across, like you know, the archive and everything. Maybe, yeah.
0: Right. So if you think about that, fifteen million people. That's a huge number, by the way, and amazing and impressive. If he had served that on YouTube, he made fifteen thousand dollars off the game of war. <laughs> think about that, Matt. That wasn't. That's not enough to get Skrillex out of his house in a limo to come to the show. So that's not enough to. Like, have the meeting to book the venue. Exactly. So, something's got to give. And so, you're starting to see people get really inventive with how they work with this stuff. And I think what Jeff is doing with the Game Awards is kind of the next evolution of that. So, I'm going to answer a real quick one here. What happened to Bonus Round? Will it be on Sifted? Uh, what happened to Bonus Round is it's just too expensive to produce and too hard to produce. And so, and look, I don't work at GT anymore and so I can't specifically vouch for them, but I do know what the model was like when I worked at GT with Bonus Round, and it was a pain in the ass because you have to corral several people who work in an insane industry where they're already flying all over the place all the time, going to events, or if they're developers, like they can't get away from the development studio, it was very hard to book people for the show. Getting four or five people who, people like you want to hear from, all in a room at the same time and there for a few hours because you shoot several episodes at once and then you bank them all and then you roll them out over like a month's time. And so, you know, you have if you want that show to work, you have to roll out the red carpet. You have to pay for everyone's flights to come in. And you have to pay for a nice hotel for them to stay in. And again, just breaking it down to economics, you know, even in its heyday, back when GT was a beast back in like 2010, 2011, bonus round was still only doing like three or four hundred thousand views per episode and so you do four of those per shoot that's a million views with your cpm you're making about a thousand dollars off a month where it's a bonus round like you don't people don't get it man it's like you know we put up a uh, pactor factor on youtube now and people are like pay for this what like it's on youtube it's paid for it's like dude like the first episode of pactor factor it had just been launched it did like 8,000 views or something like that. It's like we made like 25 cents. Like Hmm. people, I think a lot of people just see stuff online and they're like, it's just making money because it's online or it's on. Everybody makes money on YouTube. Look at PewDiePie. Like that's not how it works. Like Mm. it's really expensive to produce content. And you're not even talking, you're just talking about flying these people in and putting them up in hotels. You're not talking about like all the camera people that you have there or the editor that you have cutting all the episodes or the sound guy that's there. Like, People just don't get it, because they're used to watching these people with a $50 webcam sit in front of their computer and blather on for an hour, and that's, you know, to some people, that's content. To some people, it's not. And to me, it's not. And so, uh, quality productions cost a lot of money. That's the bottom line, and that's why Bonus Round doesn't exist anymore. GT, you know, I'm not there, so I can't specifically speak for them, but I'm sure they looked at it, and they were like, well, let's see. Are we going to roll Huber out here? Or are we going to roll you know, Kyle out here, and he can write up a script and you can talk for 10 minutes and we have one guy with a camera and and then one guy who edits it and that's it and it'll do probably as many views as the bonus round would do on gt at this point so that's why it's not on gt it's not coming to sifted we just can't we flat out we can't afford it that's to be to being perfectly honest with you with all how much we ask for a year and how much it would cost to produce it we just can't afford to produce a show like that so if you guys are cool with us tripling the amount of money that we charge for an annual subscription which i'm guessing you're not it's going to be pretty much impossible for shows like Bonus Round to come to Sifted. So, that's just
1: breaking it down to economics. Uh, Yakov 226 wants to know, any idea what happened to Rhyme? Will we see it this week? I've been begging for more Rhyme for how long now? Like <laughs> Every time there's a new show, I'm like, we're going to see Rhyme this
0: time. I do think it, we'll see it at PSX this weekend. I, If not, I'm going to get really worried that the game has been canned. Because we haven't seen it since...
1: I don't even know if they showed it at E3, Matt. It was one of your most anticipated games for E3. And I don't think, they, it, I don't showed think they showed it. I don't think they showed it, Yeah, uh, It missed E3. I remember running B-roll on the TriCaster, but I don't think it showed up in the press conference.
0: Either. Right. And then it misses all the other shows, TGS, uh, Gamescom. If it
1: misses play PSX, I'm really worried about that game. Yeah, that's concerning if it doesn't show up at PSX. Because yeah. that's the time. It's
0: also an indie game yeah. like... Hmm. I hope so. I really hope it shows up a PSF because otherwise, I'm gonna be really scared that something's
1: gone wrong. Uh, M. Shane Clark asks: Any chance for a once-a-month guest with Matt and Shane, or a once-a-month guest column, opinionated piece? Yeah, that's
0: certainly a possibility. Um, I think the problem that we've had with getting guests on here, because if you remember when we first launched Game Face, we had a guest almost every week. Mm-hmm. But that also turned into a total nightmare. Like, one, it was like, first it was like the audio issues were terrible and Mm. getting that to work. Then it was getting people to like actually set up a decent shot. You talk to them beforehand, you're like, you know, like don't have your wife like walking around. And then (laughs) you go live and there's the wife walking around or there's the dog jumping up on their lap or. It's just really hard to do it via Skype and still have good quality production values. The other part of it too is just wrangling people and getting people on the shows. Like We have a lot of friends in the industry, but they're not gonna come on the show every week. And so you saw at the beginning, like you know, Adam Sessler, who's a good friend of ours, came on and had a bunch of other people come on and like do segments. But once they kind of do that first favor, it's really hard to get people to come back and do it again. So I'm certainly open to having more guests and even bringing people in via Skype. It's just really hard. One thing I would say, is that early next year when things calm down and people aren't so, I won't say stingy, but aren't so cognizant of their how they're spending their time, the probability of people coming on and being guests with us is a lot higher. So, mm-hmm. right now it's impossible. Everyone's yeah. grinding through Q4 every minute that they have. They're spending playing games, trying to get reviews up on their publications. So.
1: Uh, Ian Esquire asks Question, will there be a sifted Game of the Year awards Or perhaps big vote from the community To see where we all stand on the big games I'd be curious to see what my fellow sifters liked Well one thing we forgot to do Is we
0: were in the Game Awards segment We are going to pick what we thought Was going to win Game of the Year from the Mm. Game Awards Mm -hmm. And so the nominees are Fallout 4, Witcher 3 Bloodborne, Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain and Super Mario Maker Now keep in mind this is not what we think is Game of the Year. This right. is what Matt and I think the collection of 30-some 30, 30 game journalists are going to choose. And just to be fair, I used to be on this editorial committee. I was on this committee for seven years straight. I, I have a bit of an advantage. I know how they think. There was the one year that they gave it to The Walking Dead as Game of the Year, mm-hmm. which I, I honestly was, am still shocked about. So, again, this isn't our picks for Game of the Year. This is us guessing what we think all these journalists are going to pick. Matt, you go first. What do you think? I think they're going to give it to Super Mario Maker. Really? I'm surprised to hear that.
1: What Any any rationale or reasoning? Uh, Given, I mean, it could be different this year, but last year Nintendo won a lot of stuff that confused me. And I think (laughs) that's going to continue. Yeah. I think
0: uh, Fallout 4 is going to win. I think it's just just one of those franchises that all the journalists love. I think if you look at... uh, Everything leading up to its release, like everyone was just gushing over it before they ever touched it. Um, just looking at the response to its first trailers and how the journalists responded to that. Um, reading the editorials of people and, and watching podcasts of a lot of journalists trying to defend it once it came out and people were like, oh, it's buggy and or oh, the graphics aren't good. I just feel like I've seen this, like, defense force kind of pop up a little bit in the press for the game. And I think it's going to win Game of the Year at the Game Awards.
1: Possible. But I'm, I'm still... That would be my other pick. But I don't yeah. know. My gut tells me that Mario Maker is going gonna to be it. It could. We'll see. Um, and to, to your other question about are we doing Game of the Year
0: Awards, maybe you join the stream late... But we are doing a Game of the Year awards episode of Game Face that is going to be live next Thursday. So, again, we're doing the next episode of Game Face next Tuesday. And then two days later, we're doing our Game of the Year episode. And then that will be it for Game Face for 2015. So we will be doing our own awards. Uh, We'll definitely give out a Game of the Year award. Uh, We'll also have some fun awards to uh, give out as well. So, But, yeah, stay tuned for that. Find anything else? Um... Oh, there's a ton. There's a bunch of stuff. You pick one. Oh, one thing I do want to say before we go is guess what I saw today. You'll never guess. So (laughs) I'll just answer my (laughs) own question. Today, I finally saw the MP3 download for Game Face. It is coming. Wow. (laughs) Finally, after all this time, I, I was going back and forth with Brent about it today. We worked on it for a couple hours today. Uh, before I left, I texted him and asked him if he thought it was going to be ready for this show, which is tomorrow, and he just replied, and here it is. Yep, I'll have it in our secret test servers for you to look at in the morning. So this episode, you should be able to download the MP3, and and I already know how it works. So just go, look down there at the player, and there's a, an option for downloading the MP3, and it will be there forever going forward. And you won't be able to do this for just Game Face. It will actually be for any video that we produce. So there will be an MP3 version of Pactor Factor. If we end up doing any more video game evals, they'll be there for that. Um, Any video that we create will have an MP3 version. From here on out, or will be able to go back and do previous ones? We actually are retrofitting the old episodes as well. So you'll be able to go back. And I don't know if people want to watch a two-month-old episode of Game Face, But if they do, you'll be able to go back and uh, get the MP3 for that. How's that
1: for service? Yeah, yeah. So, finally... New subscribers are going to want to go
0: back and see everything That That could be, and they they do. Like, we look at the stats, and you can see when new people sign up, you'll see, like, the old episodes, like, getting some love from the people who weren't along Mm. for the ride the whole time. But, yes, finally, the MP3 version of Game Face is here, and it will be here for this episode. If you're watching this live on the site right now, it's too late. (laughs) We're already at the end of the episode, but... (laughs) For next week and then our Game of the Year episode, you guys will be able to download the MP3 version. Finally. Glad Brent sent me that text just in the nick of time. Uh, we got anything else or is that it? Mm. I see a lot of people arguing about what their Game of the Year
1: is. Yeah, a lot of Game of the our, our Bloodborne, is...
0: MGS5. I see a lot of MGS5.
1: Life is Strange. There's an interesting pick. Wouldn't, you know, I don't know. Wouldn't have surprised me if that had gotten nominated, but it didn't. Yeah.
0: All right. So I think that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, Sifters. Another great episode of Game Face. As always, we want to thank all the people who are along for the live stream and some of you in Europe who stayed up late to be with us. And again, thank you for uh, sticking it out for an extra day after the problems we had with uh, the live stream yesterday. So, like I said, two more episodes to go of Game Face before 2015 is over. We'll be here to do it and we'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.